on some skizach. Yes, sir. Down in uh, the comfy kind, classy kind. The classy, classy kind. I came up with the goddamn phrase. And also, it is very comfy down here. It is it surprising. Is. Um, Cozy, comfy, classy. I can't remember which guest we had on. Somebody said on the way to the car when we were walking back, I can't believe something that nice feels so comfortable to be in. Yeah. And I thought that was one of the best compliments that I could hear for this place. Sure. Absolutely. Like it is, everything about it is, is bespoke and thoughtful and all of that. But like kind of every corner here feels like you could just hang out. My friend Jared was here last Friday for the member social hour. We have a member social hour here every Friday. Holler. I made a cognac malt cider for everybody. What? And oh yeah. Come on. And uh, Jared, my buddy Jared is here and he uh, remarked that these seats are way more comfortable than they have any business being. Yes. Like when you look at them, these aviation style, like cool, like baseball brown leather seats with like some stainless rivets. Yeah. Like corrugated metal or, or riveted metal. What yeah, have you. It's like, <laughs> when somebody says riveted metal and chair, I don't think like I want to sink into that. Yeah. Right. But and I like the way do. they're the way they're shaped. They don't look like they're going to be comfortable, but they are really cozy. Absolutely, they feel really good. They just hug you. I w- like I a baseball w- glove. It's I like you're wish. sitting in a baseball. Glove. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're sitting in a metal riveted baseball glove, yeah. as as many kids it's do. Riveting. Yeah. <laughs> it's riveting. I'm on the edge of my seat. Actually, I'm all the way back. <laughs> I do like a, a, as a very tall man, and to all of our tall listeners out there, male or female, I know you feel me. It is nice when you sit in a chair that actually makes it close to the bend of your knee. Like oh, it yeah. is so, so, yeah, so yeah. often yeah. that I have to sit on a chair that barely gets past the smile of my I got, butt cheek. I got long legs too. I know that feel. Well, I, whenever I've had a couch, that's the first thing I look for when I shop for a couch. Mm-hmm. Is the couch extend to the the crook of my knee? I want it to go all the way down there because I want to be able to scoot all yep. the way back and be like really comfortably seated with my legs all the way to the yes. end. It sucks when you're sitting on a couch and your legs are hanging all the way off and... There's I all al- that clearance. All right. I also feel this way, and, and yeah. tell me if you feel this way, Charles. Okay. I also feel this way uh, about uh, uh, short toilets. I can't stand them. Oh, yeah. When you walk into a house and it has like an old farmhouse toilet that's like 12 inches tops it's off like, the ground. It's like 10 feet down. Yeah. And, and then like the, the like bowl. You fall onto it. Yeah. <laughs> the bowl is always like one quart mixing bowl. And you're like, what are we doing here, you guys? Like, come on. Okay. Hold up. What's worse? Short toilet or like small circumference toilet? Ooh, I say small circumference. I think small toilet. circumference because like the worst. Tucking the D back to make sure that everything goes <laughs> oh, to the toilet is right. Ah, uh, that's yeah, that's that is awful when you're like <laughs> you, you sit down. There's and it no flops way to be. There's no way to be entirely over it. No. You're like, what is this? A dish bucket? Like, and also, <laughs> like I know, thankfully, as I get older, as we all get older, things droop. But thankfully, I haven't had any touching the water moments. But I really do oh, when 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 the tackle box touches the porcelain. That's not good. That means Nuh-uh. it's too shallow, and no. we got to figure something. That out means here. like, where's the soap? There is <laughs> there is and <laughs> there is an office building. Sorry to gross you out yeah. immediately. There is an office building in Minneapolis that used to have a legendary bar in it that doesn't anymore. And if you worked at said bar. The bathrooms were atrocious, and so there was a, a pass that you could use to go up to the fourth floor of the corporate center to use the restroom up to there. To use a mu- more humane facility. Yeah. And yeah. the uh, the head guy in said building 
uh, I can't say his position because that would actually give away who he was, but was a very large man. And so he put in, he installed in a toilet. Uh, it was the biggest toilet that I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Some Costanza shit. Very Costanza. You gotta go use that. And I'll tell you straight shirt. up, I, I have never enjoyed sitting on a toilet as much as I did on that. Like I almost had to, toilet. I almost had to get on my tiptoes to like yeah. sit properly. <laughs> and it was, it was like. Technically that's worse for our health. Yeah. You, they, they want you to have your legs up. Agreed. That's why people have the weird. I always, I always think someone's got like a, a toddler. When the they squatty have, potty. The squatty potty. I always think they have a toddler and they're like, wait, they don't have kids. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's like, because you're supposed to. I have friends that to, still swear by that. Yeah. I have friends who have this in the bathroom and every time I see it, I think they have kids and then I have to remind myself. Well, and every that's time. It's not she- for kids or for their dog who's like potty trained in right. the actual toilet. <laughs> or to, to drink. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every time she would tell me that I should get one, I'm like, that's mm-hmm. all toilets for me. That's most toilets. I already sit like that. I'm like at yeah. most toilets in the world, if I sit down, my knees are at an up angle. You already got it. Yeah. I'm, I'm so you're, you're already doing that. But They're probably guys, mostly for like five eight and under. Yeah, have, having to get your legs up like that. Oh, I bet you didn't think we were going to jump right into toilets, did you, listeners? Yeah, did you did you think we were going <laughs> to jump right into the toilet? I mean, we've definitely done it in a few episodes. We just wait a while. It it can <laughs> it can happen. Yeah, we're two sips in. We're already talking about our balls touching porcelain. Two sips. <laughs> Double wood and balls on porcelain. Hey, that's Anyways. how. What a better way to start anything. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, we've had some fun stuff going on. Yes. I, uh, I feel like uh, we kind of want to share with everybody. We yeah. Got, we have some, we've alluded to some new developments. Uh, we have been doing this pod for quite some time, and um, we've had what could be called unqualified success because uh, all of you fine listeners keep us going, keep us motivated. Really, to this point, it's been just the joy of um, doing this recreationally and, and having um, the audience that we have and the guests that we have. And we've treated this like uh, something that is life-giving for us. As Which it still like is. A social, yeah, it's a social activity. But now we can say that we're qualified successes in that we uh, have acquired our first um, sister companies as sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got Foundry Nation yeah. and Balanced. Uh, yes. together so it's kind of cool to be able to say this actually honestly but today's episode is sponsored by balance naturals um it's a woman-owned company northeast minneapolis they make cbd and thc uh, products of the highest quality um i am fortunate enough to have known um both of the owners actually well in, including uh, foundry uh, three of the owners um, for a long time, we've worked alongside each other in uh, the bar and nightclub business, in the um, mixed martial arts business, and uh, now here we are, and they have put out amazing stuff. Um, Balanced for a few years was strictly a CBD drink because in the state of Minnesota, uh, THC was illegal, mm-hmm. and for those of you that are out of this market, um, recently uh, legislation was passed so that... THC, when derived from hemp, up to five milligrams per uh, serving? per unit or per serving, mm-hmm. uh, is is now legal. So we have we have, uh, may have yeah you may have read about this even if you're not from Minnesota because yeah. it's kind of a big deal story the, yeah. over these last couple months. Uh, and how it all went down, if you want to Google it, is hilarious. Uh, turns out some politicians vote on things and they don't even read what's in the bills. Turns out, 
turns out. But uh, at the end of the day, we're fortunate enough to now have two companies that are providing some of the finest products in the world uh, when it comes to THC and CBD. Yes. Um, I got to over the weekend. It's I got crazy. to They're like instantly ready to rock. Yes. Like these guys, they are, these guys and gals are super well put together, beautiful packaging, incredible assortment of products. Absolutely. And it's, it's so cool that the light switched and they were, they were ready to, for this. Well, and getting to take a tour of the place was kind of awe inspiring. And it's one of the things that, that made me incredibly flattered that, that they wanted to sponsor us because much like we talk about some of the finest things in, in food and in drink, all of those come from world-class facilities, whether it's the kitchen or the distillery, the brewery, whatever it may be. Getting to tour their lab was absolutely jaw-dropping to see like how world-class everything was. Everything is spectacularly clean and brilliant. Their lab was gorgeous. Everything, it, like, it's in our backyard, and yet it's, they're in, what, I think it's 27 states. Um, they Amazing. can ship a lot of different places, so it's pretty cool. Um, this weekend, I got to tear into some of the, the seltzers. Ooh, uh, which, ones, so which ones did you have? I got to hit the yuzu ginger, um, and then I got to hit the strawberry basil. And on their own, both were spectacular. The strawberry basil was so good that I actually turned it into uh, a strawberry basil spritz. With a little bit awesome. of the tres leches bitter aperitivo that we have here, those are those are just banging flavors too. Yep, I've seen a lot of. I'm not gonna denigrate anyone else, but I've seen a lot of flavors that are kind of. Um, and it, part of it is that uh, there's been a rush to market. You know, this happened so hurriedly that people have had to just sort of a lot of companies, you know, breweries in particular, just like put out a flavor. Here's yep. a flavor, but those are like well composed. These are recipes that they had formulated for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And had been uh, distributing in other states. Yep. So this is something that they have a lot of experience doing. And For sure. Those sound just incredible. Well, and it's it's been cool because I, I was a huge believer in the the CBD alone uh, seltzers that they had. Um, there was a grapefruit one that I would like specifically route my day so that I could swing by one of the shops that carried it in mm. in my territory because it it really was a delicious, be refreshing. And then it just like kind of calmed me down. So then when you add in the THC to it, it really was kind of mind blowing that the thing that I've usually turned to like a glass of whiskey or uh, uh, an Akavit at night when I just want to relax and say, okay, brain, we're done for the day. Let's watch something fun or read something fun, listen to something fun and then go to bed. It was amazing to have something uh, that did not contain all the calories that alcohol does to turn to that really worked even better. And then the next morning, there's not the little sludginess that you would get sometimes from, because mm-hmm. let's face it, if I'm going to have a whiskey at the end of the night, it's either going to be a very heavy pour mm-hmm. or it's two. And sure. to not do that and instead consume carbonated yeah. water right. and then take that in That'd like, alternative. yeah, it's like a double good. So it's been, it's been fantastic, and we're really looking forward to, uh, to what's coming. Um, we are going to be talking about all of their different products. Uh, we have a ton of different stuff. Uh, Foundry Nation gave us some incredible stuff, all the way down to the CBD treats for dogs, yeah. which I swear by. Yeah, it, I'll, I'll be able to speak to that in um, a future episode when I can give my own accounting. But the, uh, the doggy treats, the CBD doggy treats are Miraculous. They almost make it seem like the ones I had been using previously had no CBD. <laughs> I, I was astounded. Well, and that's you were at my house when my dog was being a psychopath, and the second you left, I gave him one of those, and he was 
as chill as I've seen him. Well, and I think that's part of it too, <laughs> is trying to figure out like, it's hard for the consumer out there to try and figure out what's, what's the good one, what's not. And so part of it is me running around and trying everything, but also part of it is trying to find companies that have the same ethos that, that we do. Correct. And I think a lot of the time you'll find when, you, when a company can be honest about who they are, how they produce things, where they come from, you're going to find a quality product at the end of that, at yeah. the end of that line. And to speak to the, the ethos of our podcast and how we wanted to do this and really do this the right way, the reason we held out for as long as we did is because we were not going to get sponsors until we had sponsors that we could credibly vouch for, uh, not just for the quality of their products, but for um, our enjoyment of them as well. Because we want, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about anything on this podcast, we want to talk about the things that we enjoy, just as we do all the other content on here. So we're not gonna overwhelm you with ads about things that we don't use. We wanted to especially at the outset, we wanted to make sure that we were somewhere in the area of particularly the recreational enjoyment. And we're talking about recreational beverages. And this program is called Libations for Everyone. It's about, it's about recreational beverages. And so it's really cool that we've had sort of um, this serendipitous experience where we've met these uh, partners that mm -hmm. have this astounding product or a series of astounding products. Yeah. And it's things that, we can vouch for that we use and are of um, the utmost quality. So that's, that's all we wanted. And so we're really happy to be where we are right now today on this episode, announcing that these are our new spawns. And maybe this sounds, makes me sound like a terrible person, but like every now and then, if I'm like going to be in my car for only a few minutes, I'll just listen to like terrestrial radio. Yeah. And, I will say that radio DJs are woefully underpaid. So I understand why they're all out doing all their own ads and all that. But recently we had a, a radio station in market here that in one ad break, I heard three different people from the radio station advertise three different products in the same field, all talking about why it's better. Oh, sure. And it just made me yeah. think like, if I'm a listener, if this is like, if this is how I take in media, if I just listen to the radio station every day because it's voices that I know and it's things that I love, what, what are you left thinking if three of the radio hosts that you listen to on a regular basis all advertise the same product line, but for three different companies? Right. How do you even come away with that? When, when we started this conversation, I think, Charles, you were the one that said it. Let's go for things that we both really believe in. Let's go for things that we both really enjoy and that we want to promote because I think that all of the things that we've talked about in the show have been of the highest quality. Like even... When we've talked about shitty food, it's shitty food we love. And I will go to the ends of the earth saying that Cheetos are addictive because they're delicious and I try not to eat them, but holy shit, are they awesome. Right. You know, and like there's distinguishability in selecting a partner that we believe in because they're not the only game in town, but they're the game that we believe in. So that's why we're telling you Correct. that you can you can believe in them too and you can put our you can put our fucking names on that if you go and try these products. 100%. And you're, for any reason, dissatisfied. You can be mad at us, mm -hmm. but we don't think you're going to be. Nope. If you've listened to any of our prior 66 episodes, I think, at this point. I don't, where are we at? 66? Something like in the mid-60s. Or 60-something episodes. If you've heard one of us remark that we we loved a banh mi somewhere, and you went and had that banh mi, and you didn't like it, 
I I would be a little surprised, mm-hmm. but you know, they're cool. This is the same thing. Yep. This is this is the exact same thing as we're just gonna this is something we're gonna remind you that we like. I mean, and also like <laughs> To go farther down that, like, how many times have you, like, been super excited about, like, a song or, like, a TV show, and you have your significant other or friend watch it, and you just watch their eyes go dead, like, they just don't get it? We also all have different tastes, but I will swear by this stuff to the ends of the earth. And I've, before we even figured out the partnership thing, uh, we had an initial meeting about it, and uh, one of the investors, Gavin, was kind enough to send me some stuff. And just said, hey, listen, we can talk all day. Just go home and try it and tell me what you think. And that's a lot of times how I talk about things that I'm selling. And I was like, totally. all right, cool. That's, that's awesome. Like, hey, let the product yeah, speak. The and in the he could not have been more right on. Uh, I have yet to find something that I don't like. And everything has worked as advertised. Right. So I'm very, very proud to have them be a part of what we're doing. So before you um, tell tell the good people what they're about because we're going to do that really quickly as well. Uh, this episode, the format is we're, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about that fine Chiba. We're going to talk about weed. Yeah. We don't talk about weed on the show. We've always been really like low key about it. I've said a lot of allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. We're retiring the allegedly, at least in this, for, for this purpose, uh, because it wasn't legal in our local market, but now that it is, we can talk about it. So we're actually going to dedicate this episode to talking about life experiences in regards to um, our consumption of, of THC products throughout our, our formative years. So I, basically for anybody out there that's, that's listening, um, well, here, I can just kind of run through it. So uh, the balanced uh, Delta 9 THC sparkling waters are available in market. Um, they like to say it's a complex and bold cannabis-infused sparkling for an elevated beverage experience. They have strawberry basil, yuzu ginger, and blood orange cardamom, which I am so excited Ooh. to try probably tonight when I get home. Mama. Uh, but for all of you listeners out there, we have a 20% off going. So if you want to go to balancednaturals.com, it's balanced with no vowels. So B-L-N-C-D-naturals.com. And just enter libations twenty. We'll give you twenty percent off anything you want to order. That's awesome. Oh yeah. It's so uh, honestly, like everything that I have had so far is great. The gummies are so dangerous that because they taste like regular gummies, yeah. I like eat one and I'm like, oh, these are really fun. I want to have a handful. Like, mm. no, yeah. no, we're not going to do that. Quam. Use responsibly. Oh <laughs> yeah, love it. Should we uh, roll into it? Yeah, we- probably. Uh, I believe we're both drinking some some scotch here. Mm-hmm. So uh, we both brought some fun things from our cabinet. So I wanted to bring a little Balvenie Doublewood. Uh, this is my favorite dollar-for-dollar dollar bottle of single malt scotch. There are things that are more expensive that I'm sure we could argue are of a finer quality. But if you put ounce to dollar, this is my all-time favorite and uh, every time I drink it, I give a little cheers to my friend Scott. We miss you. And uh, cheers. Cheers. Let's get into it. Am I, I first? I'm first. Damn. Okay. I think so. So, Quam, what was your relationship with marijuana as a teen? That's always a fun question. Were you a stoner? Did your friends come to you to find weed? Were you a mooch? Or did you, open, did you only uh, exclusively smoke at like, social well, events? Okay, so th- mm. I'm really glad that you wanted to start with this question okay. because it's a weird one for me. Okay. So I saw my first quarter pound of marijuana <laughs> when I was in sixth grade. Um, 
We, we, shit. It's an opening <laughs> scene to an 80s movie. Yeah. Uh, I hope someday this actually will be made into at least a short film. <laughs> um, uh, n- not to give any names out because uh, everybody has grown up and moved on, but one of my friends uh, had a guy down the block who uh, was a dealer and who knew that if he sent product with uh, some young white kids, we probably wouldn't be stopped. And <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, we loved the idea of money and s- had no idea of risk. And so, yeah, that was kind of, that was a pipeline that happened for a little while. And as you can imagine, uh, things went sideways very quickly. Uh, but uh, that was the first time I ever somebody get like, saw somebody get like literally group stomped. Uh, and so that also ended very quickly. So when I moved and then went to a new high school, um, I basically, I moved 15 miles away, but that was in effect like a death sentence for all your friendships because when you're 13, 14 years old, your parents don't want to drive you 20 minutes to go hang out with somebody and we couldn't get anywhere. There was no way to bike that far or anything like that. So high school was, was honestly kind of, uh, not really marijuana filled at all. Okay. So if I wanted to say my teen years, it would be 18, 19 and in college. Sure. And then it was amazing because up till that point, I'd only seen joints and blunts. And then I got to college and I saw a gravity bong and I saw a gas mask and I saw a beautiful, beautiful purple glass bong called the purple people eater. And we had red October and it was amazing. And that just, it was a whole new level of everything for me because the difference between a group of people getting high and a group of people getting fucking hammered at like a college rager was so ridiculous to me. Like it was, we, we could all just sit around and listen to a record or we could watch a movie and everybody just hung out. Like I sure. loved that. You know, at that age, it affects everyone in a different way. Yeah. At different experience levels. and Absolutely. Sure. And there were, I mean, there were many times, I'm sure I probably shut down a possible romantic uh, uh, <laughs> tryst, if you yeah. will, situation, yeah. Because I was like, maybe one more hit, and then I wake up seven hours later. Uh. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that was, it was fun because I got to experience, I got to completely eliminate my memory of six months of insanity in my, like, 10, 11, 12 age. Mm-hmm. And then I got to handcuff it with the freedom that comes from not living at your house anymore. And that to me was amazing because I could experience it with other people that wanted to experience kind of opening up their mind a little bit. And I found so many fucking bands from hanging out with other people that were smoking weed and be like, what's this? And that slowed me down enough that I wasn't like, what's the next song? What's the next song? Like, it would just slow me down and then chill. Yeah. And then there was a little game called Siphon Filter 2. Oh, yeah. On the PlayStation. Those were great games. And so they, I'm surprised they haven't made a new Siphon Filter. Or even a movie about it? Like, how on earth? That story was great. But It's definitely a property that Sony owns that people don't understand yeah. why they don't recreate oh, it. It's, it was amazing. Those were great games. I had two friends that were get high and want to play video games. Mm-hmm. And I was, I want to get high and just watch you guys play video games. 
So they would sit on opposite couches, and then I would sit in the chair that was kind of in the middle, and then I would sort of offer advice <laughs> every now and then. That was then. like me and my friends with the Hitman games. Yeah, there the you go. Hitman games. <laughs> I mean, it was perfect. And, I mean, we would go 15, 20 minutes without even talking. It was kind of a beautiful thing. Sure. See, that's the original Twitch, dude. There you go. There now you, you go. See, now you get it. Is. Can, yeah. We didn't even talk about, like, what kind of, like, that wasn't even a part of the question, but what kind of a, maybe you still are, but what kind of a, a personality do you have when you, or had at that time, or in early in your I'm, formation? I, I was chill, and am chill. still the, I either want to be neck deep in music, I want to be watching something that I'm riveted by, or I want to be laughing. Laughing okay. is probably 80% of it, the other two uh, make up the rest. Okay. But yeah, that's, I just want to giggle. I'm philosophy or, si- or silence. Ooh, okay, so yeah. what, what were your, your teen experience? What was that like with, with marijuana? Yeah, or like my, my experiences early on. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I started smoking weed pretty young. A uh, neighbor that moved in when the next door neighbor moved out, uh, her, her son smoked a joint with me, and I don't remember how old. I was probably 12 the first time. I smoked weed with him, um, and I did well with it. It was fine, and from then on, it sort of uh, escalated just ever so slightly. I never got really deep into it. I would say the deepest I got was that I was a party smoker, so if we were at parties, and there used to be a lot of house parties in when I was in my formative years, high school and, and college, so late 90s through the early to mid 2000s um lots of house parties and there was always be present i was um i guess if i had to like nickname what kind of a smoker i was i was the cleaner so i had friends not like kenny omega the cleaner i was the cleaner in that i had a lot of friends who smoked a lot of weed and i would clean the weed and i (coughs) never i never bought weed i I, I probably a handful of times did I ever have to actually put money down on weed, put, you know, five on a bag or something like that. It's just never, it very seldom happened because some of my closest friends had weed, sold weed, and it was always driving to Stout to my buddies, girlfriends, dorms, and I would have a book in my lap in the car cleaning weed that is 50% seeds and somehow still doing a perfect job of it. I was just like, I prided myself on how good I was at that. So people would always offer it to me. I think it was because I never asked for it. People always offered it to me. Like, Charles, hit this. You know, it's, it would, I would never be like, who's got the weed? But someone would always be like, Charles, come here. So I never bought it, never asked for it, but people always handed it to me. And so it was always, it was usually in those scenarios. But I would say that I mostly enjoyed the scenarios where I, in terms of my enjoyment of marijuana, I enjoyed the scenarios in which I was only smoking weed. It's just at that time I was drinking so much that they were mutually exclusive a lot of the time. But yes, I used to like to philosophize. I felt like those were the times that I could have deep conversations with my friends where we had shallow relationships. It almost felt like an invite for us to have serious conversations about the world. I'm with you on that. Right. Otherwise. So that was, I, I was either that mode or I was, everybody shut up and like listen you know listen to music yeah. or watch a movie that was we frequently did that where you'd have a chill night and you'd smoke some bud and then watch saving private ryan or something why is it always like 
war stuff and because it's epic, man. I don't understand. It's so epic. Yeah. Or we'd like listen to some tunes and throw darts or something like that at my buddy's house. Okay, so if you were the cleaner, mm. does that mean that you also roll a good joint, or did you just pick I did. it all down? Sure, I did. But we did. Yeah, there's if it need if a joint needed to be rolled, I was good at rolling joints. But we did a lot of bowls. I did so. One of my favorite memories was uh, a friend of mine's dad owned a, a business where he would buy cars from rich people and then he would sell them to other rich people. Mm-hmm. And every now and then my friend would get to take one of the cars out for a day or two just to fucking drive a cool car around. Yeah. And uh, I was in charge of cleaning said weed and rolling said joint. And mm-hmm. I rolled what I can only describe as... When you have the stoner at Chipotle that tries to force roll the burrito. Fatty boom baddie. Yeah, that was kind of how, like, all of mine had lumps and were misshapen. And it was mm-hmm. unfortunate, but okay. it was what it was. Anyway, so I'm doing the the book. It was actually a, 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 a CD on my lap. And that's what sure. I'm, like, yeah, that, cleaning it on. Yep, that was also quite common. And we got cut off in traffic, and so he had to stomp on the brakes. Okay. All the stems and beaners all go flying. And I was like, well, what's that? And I just go about my own thing. Like, I saved the weed, and I was thinking about that. Yeah. We, of course, then went home, smoked the joint, completely forgot about cleaning the car out. Right. So <laughs> I get this phone call, and he's like, hey, uh, Dad wants to give us some shit. And I was like, oh, God. All right, did you sold me out? Like... <laughs> <laughs> there's stems on the, the floor mat, and you're like, oh, it's qualm. Like, the whole way over there, I'm just like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? Like, we're old enough. You, he, like, he can't ground us or anything. Like, yeah. we're out of the house. He might have just, it was the passenger, so he had to say it was the passenger. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So so I show up, and <laughs> I'll never forget, he had one of my favorite voices ever for any dad of any friend. Yeah. His voice sounded like the guy in um, Professor Booty on Beastie Boys, Check Your Head. Oh, I think it's Booty. <laughs> like that's what he sounded like okay. and so he sits us both down and he's like you're gonna drive my car around town and just leave beaters and stems all over the floor mat what kind of garbage weed are you guys getting yeah. and i was like well like i'm sorry sir like we didn't we didn't smoke it in the car we're not idiots i just wanted to roll a joint for later and he goes what kind of what kind of joint did you roll? how big was it and i was like i mean it was like you know like Half of my pink, it was just a little guy, like trying to downplay it. Yeah. And he laughs and he goes, you kids are so fucking dumb. When I was your age, I used to roll joints the size of my ankle bone. Don't do that shit in my car again. And he just walked away. Yeah. And I was like, what just happened? Okay. What? How is that? Okay, yeah, I guess. His idea of a lesson. Yep. And hey, guess what? We didn't do it in his car again. Yeah. So basically saying it's okay, smoke weed, just don't. Get me in fucking trouble. <laughs> don't, don't, don't make my car dirty. Don't leave marijuana seeds and stems all over the yeah, format. Right. Absolutely. Okay, what's your favorite format? I know we're asking a bunch of peripheral questions. What's your favorite format for sm- actual smoking of weed? <clears throat> uh, I'm a, a bong guy. Always will be. Bong guy? Yep. Yeah. I, I love joints. I love joints. I love joints, and I love blunts. I, I think it's, it's fun to, like, pass something and, mm-hmm. and all that. But I always loved, like, just the, I mean, it's very rudimentary, but, like, the science of a bong, mm-hmm. where it kind of washes through the water a little bit. You get okay, a little, yeah. And then you literally, you get one solid hit, and that was usually, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good for a while. Yeah, we, 
at that at, in my like teen years and college years, we smoked bowls more than anything. But there's just something that I've always loved or found like romantic about passing a joint around. I, I, I agree. I just love that. Also, we grew up with gangster rap, so that's just you'd see that more than anything in movies and and uh, music videos, smoking smoking joints. That was that was always romantic to me. I just love that. I. I just wanted to make sure that <laughs> that we weren't going to talk about this later, but I, I I have to agree with you because if I had to pick the most sentimental time that THC has been involved in my life, it was um, I worked for Bent Paddle Brewing out of Duluth, Minnesota, for a number of years. Wonderful company, incredible beer, great people, and we did a, a beer with the group Trampled by Turtles. Mm. and Trampled by Turtles had a show at Red Rocks that year, and marijuana was legal. So they asked if we would come out and launch the beer in Colorado for the show at Red Rocks. Mm -hmm. And there's a song called Alone that I am not alone in thinking is, I I think it's the most beautiful song that they perform. It, the way that they build it, it's like meant to pull all of your heartstrings at the same time pretty hard. And... I'm looking out, the sun is setting, we're at Red Rocks, the sun is setting, so it's this beautiful like pink-orange sky, and all I can see is people holding up this can that we had spent six months working on, and this beer that we had spent so much time thinking about, and everybody's taking pictures of it, and they're taking selfies with it, and I look over, and it's my boss and the, one of the owners of the company, and we're just passing a joint back and forth, yeah. and then the band goes into that song, and I was like, this is a perfect moment for me. Yeah, those are all the times that I think about when I think about being a teen and smoking weed that I can specifically recall having a joint, pulling on it, that little cherry, you know, passing it to your friends, a little bit of cough. Like, those are the times that make me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Absolutely. (laughs) God, I could, yeah, all right, there's a lot of stories that we could go down that road. Uh, Well, shit, Let's, uh, let's have a sip. All right, cheers. It's a little funny we're drinking for this episode, but I do want to clarify something. The adventure of our new relationship with our partners is really unique for us because uh, I gravitated away from marijuana, THC, for uh, many years of my life. Not out of choice. I just kind of I just stopped doing it. I lost an interest in it. And I rediscovered an enjoyment of it several years ago. And I had some bad experiences um, with some, like, poorly made, unregulated products. Correct. So you're going to follow along a little bit on our journey because I am motivated independently of this in finding high-quality products, which our sponsors manufacture. And it's going to be cool because Quam has a lot of current experience Mm -hmm. and i'm like uh, a born again thc virgin in effect for like the fifth time in my life so this is going to be fun because i'm getting to try all these products in a new way i've never had um uh, thc beverages that's Mm -hmm. that's new to me so this is this is stuff that i'm getting to experience and to parlay the the virtues of to our listeners so that's going to be fun it gives us it's going to give you this dynamic that um, is going to be super authentic. Well, and, and uh, you know, if we're going to put our cards on the table, like if you're going to be a born again, then I guess that makes me like a, like a true believer in yeah. that, um, 
this has become a part of both my recreational, but also my mental health regimen. Um, I, I really, really, really shy away from prescription drugs. I try as hard as I can all the way down to like, uh, ibuprofen and things like that. I don't Same, like, yeah. I just, Similar. I don't like taking something if I don't think that it's natural or that I believe in it. And there were always and we side understand effects. people taking them and totally. Stuff yeah. And, and please, know. if it works for you. Yeah. And it, at our it. ages, we, you know, we're able to make these types of yeah. choices a little more willfully and I, Absolutely. I feel the same way that you do. And yeah, and I would, if you can, especially because the, the benefits of THC and CBD have been not holistically, but medically proven. Mm -hmm. And now we're having the opportunity to use them for these express purposes that they can actually help yeah, us. Everything that I say is, is only anecdotal to my own experience. And I have stories from friends of mine who have definitely found um, some salvation in that. But also, I have some friends that it did not work for them. So this is not like a catch-all, cure-all, anything. But for me, a lot of, uh, like, depression is a side thing that I have to fight with, and I have a whole different regiment for that. But my anxiety is a lot more stress-induced than it is a trigger by, like, a depressive mode. So... Sometimes they can be together as a package deal, which are the worst days. Sometimes it's one or the other. And with anxiety for me, this has been something that absolutely has helped because alcohol for me can help in the moment, but it usually means it'll be worse the next day. So all mm -hmm. I'm doing is kicking my can down the road. And sometimes there are days that the next day is a Saturday and that's easier for me to process. But there are also days where I'm just kicking the can down the road because I just right. can't deal with it today. Right. And where THE is, THC and CBD collectively have really stepped in mm -hmm. is helping me tamp that down and eliminate the stress that would then trigger an anxiety attack. Right. And conversely, I have a lot of experience with CBD, and I can speak specifically to that with yeah. my own anxiety and my neck problems. Mm. So those are things that I'll be able to, mm -hmm. that I have a lot of experience in that I'll be able to speak to. I got to get you that, that balm, the stick yes, for your please. neck. I, I can't wait to try it. Life-changing. To anybody who has regular or chronic like muscle pain, joint pain, uh, the THC and CBD uh, like balm sticks, it looks like a deodorant stick. Uh, those things, on I yeah. look at them as if they are magic, honestly. Uh, and again, that's just me anecdotally, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. I, 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 again, going back to what we were talking about, why this is an important sponsor for us, is that you're going to hear us working through the products and talking about it and talking about what they've done for us. And I think that that's kind of a unique thing. I don't, I don't have a lot of people, I don't listen to a lot of, of shows where people are telling me how well that mattress is doing for them three, four months in. Or they do, <laughs> but it feels like I can't answer sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Do you really have that mattress? <laughs> uh, well, should we go on to the next one? Let's do it. All right. So, Charles, yes. uh, there's a whole wide world of cooking opening up to THC. Mm. Obviously, started as, I think, Colorado was the first state to go legal, but then watching it kind of track across the country, and then also uh, a whole new realm of beverages as well. Uh, what would you love to experience cooking or pouring or consuming with THC added? You know, several years ago, I was really fascinated by the idea of these kitchens in legalized states that were infusing various foods with THC. I am actually not as enthusiastic about that as a concept anymore. There's something about it that feels like there's a bit of a schism. Making yourself, making yourself a little high while you're eating food. I don't know. It just... To me, it doesn't feel like as good of an idea as it felt like when it was a new and fresh idea. Sure. I think for me, 
uh, you know, pun intended, but uh, balance. So in terms of uh, like beverages, instead of drinking to get a buzz uh, or to um, get drunk or consuming THC to similarly catch a buzz or to get high, I am really fascinated by the idea of beverages that balance either both of those elements or just the THC and CBD element to just give you uh, like a a calming effect. So I'm really uh, interested in the concept of like a low proof cocktail that also contains a little bit of THC. We're seeing a lot of products emerge that are um, higher in volume of THC which that's not going to appeal to me. I know it appeals to somebody, but when I see it, I'm like, man, like I, I don't really understand that. I'm the same. But when I see the, the range of like 5MG, those types of products, that really appeals to me. And even say taking um, some portion of that, like one of the products that our sponsors have, for instance, and then making, in effect, a low-proof cocktail. So doing like a one ounce of a spirit with maybe a half a can of that, and then trying to, to strike like a harmonious balance of, you know, the taking the edge off with a drink and using CBD and THC to also, you know, calm your nerves or like make you sleep yeah. in your couch cushion a little bit and relax at the end of the evening. That to me is a very exciting concept, like creating, literally, it's still a cocktail, but, but engineering a cocktail that um, brings you a sense of comfort. That's something that I want to explore more. And obviously balancing like the flavors that, that you have to work with. Mm-hmm. Blood orange cardamom and making some kind of drink with like that and gin would be super sexy. Absolutely. And that's like, that's where I'm at right now. I'm loving this experience of literally doing zero proof cocktails uh, and going that way with some of the stuff that we've been fortunate enough to get from our friends at, at Tres Leches and Marco, previous guest on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually can do that. And that's been an absolute blast. That I'm, might be a good avenue for me if I want to have just like a little, little. Like absolutely. A very, very little, little. And that's uh, all the things that I'm talking about, even as, as, as much of an advocate as I am for THC, almost all of it for me is low dose. I, I don't, like if I really want to get high, I will do that. Just like if mm. I really want to get drunk, I will do that. But those are kind of rare. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, when I go out and have a beer, I'm not going to stay and get drunk. Much like when I have a, THC beverage or gummy or anything like sure. that. It's not so, a one size fits all proposition. Yeah. It's like having a glass of wine or a finger yeah. of scotch at the end of a long work day Correct. for some people versus a long work week and you know you're going out with your friends and you're like, I'm going to blow off some steam. It's there's There are a lot of variations. And that's where, like, uh, not to denigrate another show, but like the TV show Bong Appetit, that's where I don't follow that because usually by the end of those episodes, everybody is just blazed out of their minds. Mm. And that's not... There's a novelty to it. I find it humorous. Totally. I don't want to do it. No. (laughs) And I I have been a part of one of those dinners. And it was fun, but like by the end of it, I just wanted to go home. Yeah. Like that was too much. Right. But where I've hit is I would love to factor that in and do like... So in my head, this is where I want it to go. I want to do like a no proof cocktail with like a THC infused olive oil, fresh baked bread, cracked pepper, a little bit of parm, 
start it out there so everybody gets a little trace amount, you know, not enough that anybody's going to be high, but it starts affecting you because it does make food taste a little bit better. It makes your mouth water a little bit more, makes you kind of enjoy where you're at. Mm -hmm. And then it also maybe, this is my theory and this is my hope because I'm going to do this at some point this winter. Maybe it also keeps people from like constantly thinking about their phones. Sure, like yeah. it brings everybody in a little bit more. Here's something else to digress that, that is uh, important about using. Okay. This is an exception for me with using marijuana for cooking is that I like the flavor of marijuana. And so in fact, it's also like an herb. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So using it with like chocolate or something, salted chocolate for some, some type of dessert, or maybe at the end of the meal, you, you know, you have a little bit of THC. That really, that sounds, that sounds sexy to me. I love that even in the middle of my answer, you still sniped my final answer. Really? <laughs> <laughs> because <clears throat> what I want to do is trace that through the meal, right? Then we can do normal food, maybe a glass of wine, something like that, do another course where maybe there's a little THC in the beverage. So you're getting like little hints of it throughout. And then at the end, you come out with bite-sized desserts. And then it's up to the guest. It's, do you want one? Okay. And yeah, hey, you're yeah. good. Mm -hmm. Do you want to have two or three? And I've been working on a dark chocolate recipe. And mm. I nailed it with uh, about eight granules of sea salt on the top. Yeah. It was the perfect mix of dark and sweet and ready to go. And then you can leave it up to everybody. Then it's up to them. Mm -hmm. Because then, hey, if you're a novice, you can literally abstain if you'd like. You've just had trace amounts the whole time. Sure. But those background effects will make you a little bit hungrier, make you maybe a little bit more interested in mm. whatever dumb story the person who happens to be sitting across you is telling. Even if it's me, I tell yeah. a lot of dumb yeah. stories, <laughs> as you know. Yeah. Uh, part of, this is the theme of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. But... I like the idea of, of coursing it because then, to me, that's like pairing a cocktail with every course through dinner. Like, you right. don't have to finish every cocktail if you don't want to. Sure. You can, but by the end of it, you have a very solid alcohol buzz. Well, yeah, and that provides a variation in experience, too. You know, if you get, say, throughout, and depending on your, your tolerance and your experience, if you, throughout that meal you get, say, 7 to 10 milligrams meaning that, you know, you probably, it's not your first time. Then maybe at the end of the meal, you're really relaxed. You play some music on your Sanos room and smoke a cigar or, you know, have a, an Amaro or something, mm -hmm. play a record or have a conversation and a glass of wine. That's cool. It adds mm -hmm. like new functionality. So that's, I guess that appeals to me. More of what I was thinking in terms of cooking with marijuana is like, what, bong Appetit, is that yeah, what it's called? Yeah. Shows like that where people are getting absolutely fucking ripped while they're yeah. consuming food to to sate their hunger. It's just kind of, it seems unusual to me. Well, totally. And that, there are times where I'll watch shows about drinking where, like, you guys can't even taste anything anymore. You've had, like, nine drinks or shots. Mm -hmm. Like, I made a, a, a balsamic vinaigrette that had THC in it. It was mm -hmm. spectacular. Sure. And... You just did a little drizzle over everything. And it was enough that that, that grassy, green, herbaceous side of it, mm. like I mixed it in with some arugula, and it, the sure. pepper in the arugula hit it perfectly. It's like instead of putting thyme in the vinaigrette or something. Exactly. Like, yeah. And then shave a little bit of parm over the top. Like it's, it blends in perfectly. It, it, it's in full camouflage, 
but you also know that it's there. That's fun. If you look at, like you taste it. it, you're good to go. Those are the things that I'm excited about is trying to figure out how to have it as an ingredient, not the star. Yeah. The star okay. should still be the flavor of the dish. Yeah, I can get down But if you that. can find a way to like accent it, and then again, especially if it's like a longer coursed out meal, that's where I feel like the benefits can kind of kick in because it's slow moving. And then as it kicks in, sort of the whole party gets dialed in more and more and more as you go. Then, hey, all of a sudden, maybe everybody's just listening to whatever record you're playing. You know, like there's, to me, I don't know. The more that, that I have dinner parties where everybody's drinking, either everybody gets dialed in or things get off the rails. And I feel like I've never had a THC experience where things have gotten crazy. It just gets, maybe sometimes people get a little sleepy. That's fair. So it's like a, yeah, it's going down instead of up, but that could also be a dynamic that you're not, because a well-coursed meal with beverages, similarly, you should have everybody like really relaxed, feeling satiated with the amount of food in their body. And then by the end of it, you know, are we staying for a while? Are we wrapping it? We had so much to eat and we've had a lot of drinks. Yes. So it's just, it adds like a new um, uh, level of variation to your experience. That's, I, I like that. What do we got? Well, I'm, I'm trying to go, go, go gadget arms. So hold on one moment. Yeah. Going for that bar oh, hill, yeah. the bar hill. Yeah. So, uh, Friends of the podcast, Ashley and John Buck, uh, were on a little tour out east, and they turned me on to a gin called Bar Hill from Vermont. Um, And it has, like, a it's not like an old Tom gin where it's, like, sweetened, but there is, there's a sweetness to it. Mm -hmm. And the sweetness to it comes from their own apiary. Uh, They also have a, a bee farm. And I love... What, what that brings out in the botanicals and somehow that, that the deep sweetness, is that how you'd put it? I don't know how to, like honey has a depth to it that's earthy, different than sugar. sweetness. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Somehow that to me um, adds to the botanicals in the gin. So here's a fun thing about Bar Hill. Uh, Derek? who is the uh, proprietor and owner of Club Caraway, where we Shout out to D. record the podcast and our partners of mine. Uh, he and his lovely wife, Stephanie, came to my home about six weeks ago and uh, brought ingredients to make Negronis because I didn't have my Negroni party this year. Sad face. But they were just in the mood for Negronis, and they brought Bar Hill and some um, vermouth and um, Campari and put everything on a table. I mixed Negronis for everybody. I made literally triples. I made huge Negronis for everybody <laughs> so that I wouldn't have to make more. I had like lowball glasses to the rim. And what I found really interesting about using Bar Hill because of that honey sweetness is that for someone like my wife who prefers a Contessa that has Aperol in it and... Um, uses dry vermouth as opposed to sweet vermouth because she doesn't like the bitterness of Campari. Implementing the honey in the Bar Hill with the Campari Negroni, classic oh. Negroni, actually takes the edge off yeah, of some of that. Yeah, I could totally see that. It works to such great effect that I actually made that Negroni for one of our social hours here. Yeah. Um, and everyone who... or 
several people who had it remarked, you know, usually I find Negronis to be a little bitter, but this is super smooth. And I was like, you know why? It's this Bar Hill. So I would suggest if you can find the Bar Hill and you don't love that bitterness as much as someone like myself does, it adds like that extra little bit of honey sweetness that takes the edge off of that bitterness. You know what's so funny is, uh, so in reverse, I, <laughs> I made a Negroni at home and I wanted to make it a little bit more astringent. So oh. I actually did a Fernet rinse on the glass. Yeah, I think you mentioned this. Yeah, you? yeah. and it literally like, you could taste both. Like mm. you could get the sweetness right off the bat and then it finished with that medicinal astringency that Fernet Branca has. Like I, yes. I really want to try it with Fernet Gancha. Because I think mm. that that actually might link up perfectly okay. with Bar Hill. And then yeah. that might be, I don't know what that cocktail would be, but like Spanish Amaro, Campari, Bar Hill Gin, whatever, whatever we want to call that, that might be a cheat code. Yeah, that's a, that's a really cool gin. And it's, you can tell it's very good honey. Because not all honeys are made equal. Like some honeys. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? Is this a rap song? <laughs> it does sound like a fucking rap. <laughs> Dr. Octagon or some shit. But uh, yeah, the, the honey that they're using in this gin is clearly really good. Plus they have the uh, bee wax around the uh, neck of the bottle that looks really beautiful. Yep. And it's around the uh, the cap too, right? Like yep. the whole thing is sort of uh, glossed in it. It's Wherever you're cool. at, if you're looking for it, it's bar with two R's. B-A-R-R space H-I-L-L. Absolutely spectacular. Okay, topic number three. What would you like to see happen next in terms of legalizing controlled substances? You know, I'm not talking about necessarily like the end game, but what would you like to see happen next now that uh, states sort of one by one are legalizing THC and with any hope? I mean, federal legalization. Yeah, I, I, I mean, federal legalization is the end all be all mm-hmm. because I think it's absolutely fucking insane and criminal and racist that we still have to deal with. Like even the states where it's fully legal still have to figure out how to hide money because technically the federal government could come at any of them at any time if they wanted to. Right. I think that's a shame in the amount of, black and brown people that are locked up yeah. for marijuana offenses, even even though, you know, Biden pardoned the smaller time offenses, it's, it still is absolutely shocking that we well, live in a society. that whole situation was kind of a catch-22 anyways. Yeah. Because and the, the fine print, I wish it was a little more deliberate. Correct. Uh, you know, and it's just yet another remembrance of where we actually live and that as much as we want to say this is a a free country it's clearly not that said if i wanted to figure out what i think would be next in my perfect world um it would be um it it would be the legalization of what is casually known as psychedelics um entheons i believe is what bill Poland refers to them as, which is anything that causes you to find whatever God might be in your world, whatever makes you feel like you're in a bigger universe. I think that the data has shown, and there's all kinds of articles, if you want to Google this right now, all kinds of articles have shown how much psilocybin and uh, MDMA, when... when, especially MDMA and LSD, when made in controlled environments, how much the effects of those chemicals can have on addiction, on depression, on PTSD. Uh, 
the fact that we banned any research on all of that for 50 years is fucking criminal in my book. And uh, I don't believe in a higher power, but whatever blessings you can send or love you can send to the scientists that braved everything and sued the government in 2006 to make it legal to at least do research mm-hmm. on how much they could help, uh, that's what I want more of. Because the amount of people, you know, whether we want to talk about the suicide rate for veterans, whether we want to talk about the way that alcoholism and addiction are still criminalized and looked at in this country, if we want to find a way, rather than sending them to church or just yelling no a whole bunch of times, if we want to actually look at ways to get people better and not hook them on another prescription drug, to me, that's, that's the next chapter. And I speak from personal experience with that, that that would help, that would help people that I know out a ton. And it's also been, it's been very interesting for me to allegedly do my own research in that. And as I've gone farther down that road, I've found more and more scientific papers, more and more blogs, more and more research of people who are open sourcing everything, not doing this for their own profit, literally saying, here is the research that we have from this study. Please take this and then do your own. Let's keep building this. And maybe eventually we can get to a point where a non-addictive, non-fatal, quote unquote, drug can actually help people. But again, we're still handicapped with this was something that tribes of indigenous people used to find spiritualism. And so because they weren't finding a Christian God when they were doing it, we had to outlaw it. And that's, to this day, the stigma that we still live with in this society. And I, I don't like, I don't like the double standard that we can eschew drunk driving. And I'm saying this as somebody who has a DUI, I don't like that we can like, oh, that's fine, but we still won't let somebody have any sort of uh, an entheum who might be able to get past what's going on in their brain. You know, like, Mm. I don't know. It's, it sounds, it sounds weird, but if you really want to look it up, there's a book, a fantastic book called uh, how to change your mind by Bill Poland, which blew me away. He's Mm. the author of the omnivores dilemma it's a fantastic book, and it talks a lot about how much it activates the brain. Uh, again, if you just want to look it up on the internet, there are brain scans of normal brain versus a uh, brain with a psilocybin, and looking at the amount of more connections going on, it's, it's medicine when used correctly, and it doesn't involve addiction. It doesn't involve side effects as long as you're in a controlled environment. So to me, that's... I would love to see us go to that, that next point while we're still, like in the middle of an opioid crisis, we're still writing fucking scripts for opioid painkillers and saying that there's no other way around any of this. Like, how can we write those to people and not, not also try and help people with this, this natural grown phenomena? But we have all of our culture's history to battle, and that's... As we can see from the elections right now, that's not, that's not a, uh, it's definitely an uphill battle, not a downhill battle. Yeah. And you know, not everyone's going to agree with us on any of these topics and that's why this is 
an opinion podcast, obviously. Uh, my whole thing is uh, humans lost the war on drugs to drugs. Yep. And drugs couldn't publish their victory advertisement in the newspaper, but we, it was it was arbitrary in its pursuit. We failed. Uh, if anything, we worsened conditions for Correct. people in um, impoverished countries that are were torn by production of, of drugs. Anything, let's, let's start here, because again, we're not talking about the end game. Anything earth-grown should be legal. Ooh. It's a fucking plant. Like, at some point, someone pointed at a plant and said, not that one, book them. Like, <laughs> yep. It doesn't make sense. And I don't know the history of it and exactly how that occurred, but how is it that things like marijuana and shrooms were outlawed to begin with? They're from the earth. You should be able to grab something off the ground and put it in your mouth. That I've always found troublesome. And now we're discovering that we're trying to right the wrongs, but as with things like in our fine, fair state here of Minnesota, we're, we're encountering issues with uh, barbecue food producers using smokers outside in, in the, the, the great outdoors. So... Even in situations like that, what we're encountering is that there's existing red tape and stripping away red tape is a lot harder than putting it up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're dealing with now in terms of uh, legalizing, in particular, let's just say THC. Mm-hmm. It's that we're having to undo red tape and there's also people that are jockeying politically to make this a political issue, even though just like reproductive rights Almost everybody wants marijuana, THC to be legalized. It's not, this isn't a, it's not a partisan issue. So like, can we rip off the red tape bandaid and just get on about our lives and start to dedicate effort to things like the environmental crisis that actually require emergent need and like not fuck around with things like THC, come on. That's that's enough. And then, so then I guess the next shoe to drop would have to be the the, the use of of mushrooms and people um, microdosing and and the the psychological effects, the impact that that's having and regulating it and then stripping away the ability for cartels to control control these controlled substances and create violence and and war. And um, if you even want to think in terms of like taxation, you can, the government can make money on this shit, okay? Whether, however you feel about that, especially given the history of marijuana, for instance, the government can make tax money on mm-hmm. this stuff. Just fucking take the tax money, fix the things that need fixing with that tax money, and let's worry about other things and use that tax money for improving uh, various other parts of our society and, and environment that require fixing. Well, and just the money... If you want to look at it from a purely financial standpoint, because you have zero empathy or that's not your focus, the amount of money that we lose to prosecuting and imprisoning humans for things like marijuana, for things mm-hmm. like mushrooms, if you just took that money and redirected it into society, that would be a huge thing. Then on top of it, you add in the fact these people aren't going to jail, that they can be productive members, quote unquote, of society, 
And then on top of it, that we could make tax money back on it. Yes. To me, it's, like I said, it's, it's absolutely shameful that with all of the quote-unquote freedom that a good portion of our country loves to yell about and print on T-shirts, that this is still what we live under. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah, and I'll also say that if we want to dedicate attention to legalizing it federally and legalizing it the right way, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. We also need to uh, put in place programs so that people of color can can get in on the action. Yeah. Because the marijuana industry is dominated by white men. And, and is being gobbled up as we speak by giant hedge funds and yeah and yeah the money's rolling in who because are the money, also all run because the money sees money i just yep. think that other people need um an opportunity doesn't mean that they need to be the only people to do it but the opportunity needs to present itself so maybe that's hopefully that's something we can effort towards in the coming years absolutely well shit cheers okay we're gonna some of this deal aqua girl gamla ode local company great stuff Quan brought this over to my house on Saturday. Last Saturday, we watched the UFC. I made some tasty cocktails. I made some Tomas Collins, which is a classic drink from a legendary, now defunct RIP bar in Minneapolis called the Marvel Bar. I'm still so happy that you showed me that that recipe gave them props. Yeah, that was on uh, Food Food 52. Food 52. I was, yep. So I was like looking up the recipe for this beverage that I probably last had at Marvel Bar. A, I didn't know they invented it. I didn't know they invented it. And secondly, Food 52, you know, if you're listening to this and you're anywhere in the world, you've probably heard of it. If you're, you know, a recipe person, the recipe published on the site for the Tomas Collins was attributed to, this is a classic beverage from Marvel Bar in Minneapolis. And I was like, oh shit. Yep. That is fucking cool. Still like. Killer drink too. That drink pickle is. Pickle juice, some dude, lime. It's second only to the super dry for me. Like, I would go specifically for those drinks. God, they had some sexy drinks. Because it was only, like, God. Lincoln County was my drink. The original Lincoln County. Yep. Oh, man. Legendary. The Super Dry was a vinegar-based cocktail. And then, Mm -hmm. obviously, the Tomas Collins was a a pickle brine-based cocktail. Oh, man. With the dill Akavit in there. Oh, that shit just sang. Because, again, the reason that, that some of y'all out there love having a little pickleback in the whiskey, now add some citrus in there, add some bubbles, some effervescence. Like, you don't even need, skip the whiskey in general. Just make a cocktail with that. There's a reason that you love that. Yeah, we had a nice, unseasonably warm, like, 80-degree late October day, to refer back to what we were talking about, the environment. It's, uh, it was disturbingly nice. That's the way I was putting it. But that beverage is perfect for an unseasonably warm day because of all those elements together. The dill aquavit, the fresh squeezed lime juice, the uh, pickle brine from my own pickles as well, which is cool whenever you can use that. I use that I use that pickle brine to make um, uh, uh, brine for chicken mm-hmm. that, I, that I grill or, or fry or what have you. So good. Also, to any of you out there listening anywhere in the world uh, that are not from uh, Minneapolis or the Minnesota area, uh, please, anytime that you meet somebody from Minnesota or you're happy to travel to Minnesota, bring up a warm October day and then see how long it takes whoever you're talking to to get to the snow blizzard of Halloween 1991. Because I guarantee you it'll yeah. be within five minutes. Right. 
We like to to talk about weather here more than wherever you're from because of the wild, the wild swings we have. Wherever you're from, we talk about weather more, period. (laughs) All right, Charles. I like that we're running in on a laugh for that. What's the funniest shit that you've seen or thought that you've had? Anything like thought you've had something that you've seen somebody do whilst involved in THC. Uh, this is really fun because, and I'm actually glad I got to prep for this because I had to, <laughs> I had to reach around in the, the annals of my brain to find the perfect story is as THC is want to do, you will forget stories. You know, mm-hmm. you don't really frequently cling to you a scenario. So a lot of stuff when I'm younger is sort of a little fuzzy as it were, but I had this really great experience with um, my now wife, Marnie, when we were just starting out dating. This is probably seven years ago. We decided, hey, like, we've never smoked weed together. Let's smoke some weed together. So we procured some, like, actual bud, and we smoked it out of a LaCroix can. No joke. <laughs> we used a, we used a, a la- little Man, punch. I, that's Okay, that's how Marnie remembers it, but I think I made a joint, and the, it just I was so out of practice it didn't work very well. And I think we unfurled it and put it in a liquor. I don't know the exact scenario. I don't, but which is better? I don't, I don't I know. know. Yeah, like a bad joint or a LaCroix or a LaCroix can. So in, in, in my head right now, it's you poked yeah. a hole in the top of the, the LaCroix and then you stuck the joint in the hole. Yeah, it. yeah. I We might have just like yeah, dropped the joint right on the crushed can, poked a hole in it, that whole fucking situation. I love it. So... It was uh, it was some it was some creeper weed. It was some creeper weed, and I hadn't smoked weed in a very long time. Sure, uh, I'd had okay. I had some uh, shatter, or whatever you call it. Oh yeah, with a friend at a barbecue Oof. when I couldn't drink because I I got some hives and I was taking some medication, and I smoked some shatter at a party like three months before this, and I found it very relaxing. And so that's when Marnie and I started this conversation. Like we've never done, we've never smoked weed together. Let's smoke weed together. So we had this experience. We got actual weed. And I remember thinking, well, this shit is not doing anything to me. Well, eventually it crept in and uh, we got where we were going. And Marnie, okay, she actually, because I asked her about this. So I almost want to tell you like her version. Do it. So this is what she literally texted me because she's out of town. She said, we were smoking pot out of a LaCroix can at my old place on a Saturday night, just getting really goofy. So this was after it, like, crept in. The word schmendrick popped into Marnie's head. And she said, isn't that a great word? We should use it more. What's the definition? So we looked it up, and schmendrick basically means, like, a doofus. I, I have never heard that word in my it's life. It's a great word. That's a great word. And I don't know how it came up. We were watching some show. Schmendrick. It wasn't on the show. Schmendrick. Especially, you can think if you're... S-C-H-M-E-N-D-R-E-K? S C H M E N D R I K. Okay. D R I K. Okay. Yep. Uh, so she said, Isn't it a great word? We should use it more. What's the definition? So we were talking <laughs> about it. And then, of course, we were getting higher and higher because it was, the weed was creeping. And we were saying, Schmendrick. It's a great word, Schmendrick. <laughs> and then, so we were naming people that we thought were good examples of Schmendricks. <laughs> and she said that uh, Tobias from Arrested Development yes. Is, yes. Is, is, a, is a good Schmendrick. And I said, Oh, yeah. Textbook Schmendrick. <laughs> and when I said the phrase textbook Schmendrick, That's she absolutely lost her fucking mind. She was, she like fell under the coffee table. It was rolling around on the floor. And I remember that 
at that point, it was like really, it had taken hold of us. Yeah, yeah. She wrote in her handwriting, textbook Schmendrick on a piece of paper and slapped it on her fridge. <laughs> and it like lived on her fridge for the rest of the time that she lived at the place. Just said, textbook Schmendrick. To the point that we almost forgot why. I remember years later, like where we live now and now we're married and everything. I was remember textbook Schmendrick? How did that even come up? And so she reminded me about it a couple of years ago. And I remembered all along that that was when it happened and that was why. Oh, that's great. But I basically told her, like, can you tell me the, the story of how Schmendrick came <laughs> up? And she reminded me that that's what it was. That she was like, Schmendrick's a great word. And she was like, Tobias Funke is a... Textbook is a, Schmendrick. No, he's a, he's a, he's a Schmendrick. And I said, oh, yeah, textbook Schmendrick. <laughs> if, if, you, if you enjoy the way language feels coming out of your mouth, and I know this <laughs> sounds like a high discussion, but... I truly, truly mean this. Textbook Schmendrick kind of gets the whole, it gets your mm. mouth to kind of do a little bit of everything. It's smooth. It is, that is fantastic. Also, that's a great like prog rock band that I would probably go see. Oh, absolutely. Like they'd be only playing at like a small venue. That's also but. a phrase. That's one of those phrases where you, if you say it to yourself, weed or no weed, if you say that to yourself like giggle. a dozen times, you're going to get lost in the phrase like, textbook Schmendrick. Am I saying that right? Is it is it textbook Schmendrick? Is it Schmendrick? Schmendrick? That's, oh, that's great. <laughs> God, I love that so much. Uh, typical for me, I have two. Okay. One is very short. and well, Actually, they're both pretty short. So number one was... Um, I had a, I, I shouldn't say had, I still have a surrogate older sister named Sarah Splice, who uh, I met my freshman year in college, and we had grown up in the same neighborhood, we knew the same people, somehow we had never met, and we bonded, the very first time that we met, we bonded over Tribe Called Quest lyrics, and we became very close immediately, and we both just kind of looked out for each other. And to this day, we don't see each other as much. But to this day, I think we still hold that relationship. We decided that we wanted to drive to Boston to visit a friend of mine. And a third friend of ours was like, oh, I'll go. And we were like, dude, a third person to chip in on gas and, and food? Yep. Let's do it. So he was like, well, my brother is going to school uh, in Bloomington, Indiana, like, can we drive there and hang out with him for a day or two and then go? And we're like, cool, free place to stay. Let's do it. So we're, <laughs> we're driving. We're out of the city. And he rolls a beautiful joint. Always has. Always will. And he's just sitting there. He rolls this fucking gorgeous joint. And he's like, we cool? I'm like, yeah. So he lights it up. And he takes one puff. And Sarah was driving. And she goes, hey, can you not smoke that right now? And he's like, wait, why? And she goes, don't look right. Which is, of course, the first thing that we mm, both do is like, looked right. put uh -oh. our faces on the window. Mm -mm. And we're literally like neck and neck with a state trooper. And <laughs> Vinny just pulls the manual lever to put his seat back <laughs> and just flipped <laughs> the front seat completely okay. back. And that was his way of smoking still while we were next to a cop. Did not stop smoking. And the whole time, I'm oh just like God. sweating bullets. Like, the cop's going to smell it. What's going to happen? And cop just pulled off the next exit. We kept going. Probably not paying any attention. Yeah. And he couldn't have been bothered. Like, just laying just straight back. Couldn't, yeah. Just smoking. You couldn't, you couldn't just wait. Yep. 
but he's like, no, they couldn't see me. I moved the seat back. It's We're perfect. Trying, I lit it. It's ready to go. <laughs> I'm not stopping for this fascist. Like, I mean, the perfect <laughs> oh again. Peace studies major in college. Like, it was so on brand. We <laughs> laughed about that the rest of the trip, all the way through, all the way back. Yeah. It was every time he was going to light a joint, we're like, can we look for state troopers first before we do that? But my favorite, I think my favorite one was uh, we were all at a house party. And every it was like kind of right when I re-embraced loving marijuana. So we're at this house party, and me and the guys that live there are just getting stoned. And one of my friends shows up, and he's like, oh, word. Like, I'll, I like I'll jump in. I like said that, like, Steve Carell in four-year-old virgin. Just getting <laughs> Just getting stoned. stoned. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our friend shows up late. I've never seen this dude smoke weed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, hey, I'll, I'll jump in on that. And I'm like, I, again, like, this bong hits hard, and mm-hmm. I know he's like, I got it. I'm like, okay. So he takes two hits off the bong, lays down on the couch. Did it? Did he? Did he take him okay? Yeah, he's okay. fine. Like, I mean, right. he coughed a little bit. He's fine. So, uh, this is right no when no indicators. When so MTV far. was like, we're only gonna play Jackass twenty four hours a day. Uh-huh. He had never seen Jackass before, so he starts watching and he's laughing hysterically. And from the couch, she just yells, do you guys, do you, do you have any, like, food? And my buddy Matt was like, well, we got a, a bag of Cocoa Puffs. And he goes, what's a bag of Cocoa Puffs? And it was, like, the, the Malto Meal generic, yeah. like, chocolate yeah. chocolate spheres or whatever the fuck they call <laughs> yeah. them. Like, you know, the knockoff Cocoa right. Puffs. Choco spheres? Yeah, choco, choco spheres. Is it, was that it? <laughs> no, I have no idea. That'd be great, actually. I wish. It was like, instead of a, um, instead of the cuckoo for, what the fuck is that bird? I've never thought about this. What is the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs bird? Is it Cocoa Puffin? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Holy shit. How do they not what? use a puffin? Yeah. Like, that's insane. <laughs> anyway, whatever. It's like some knockoff bird. So, <laughs> so like he can't even get off the couch to get these so we like bring him the bag okay as he's like crunching these dry ass cocoa puffs and watching jackass we were like all right well this kind of got stale also we're running really low on beer another friend was like dude our buddies are having a party like a block over like cool hey you want to come like no man i'm, I'm good and we're like all right he's probably just gonna pass out cool Let's all go. So we go, another party. We're drinking really terrible ice house kegs. Oh, boy. Which just lets you know where we were at. To anybody younger out there, ice house is a terrible beer uh, that was 6.5% that you could still get at the same basic price as ice like, house. You drink it because you have to. Yeah. It, because it's there and exactly. you can. Uh, it was like the same price as like a normal domestic keg which again lets you know the quality of what you were drinking so we're drinking that and then somebody brought a joint down so then we're passing this joint and everybody got real tuned up so we're like all right we should probably go back at this point so we go back and we all kind of forgot that we had left our friend there yeah we open the door and we go in there and he goes oh god you guys i did too much (laughs) <laughs> and we looked down, and he had eaten over half 
of that five pound like the generic cereal it comes in like a pillowcase like that's how big that is yeah he had eaten half, half of the that bag of the choco spheres dry <laughs> and he's like the whole roof of my mouth is bleeding i don't know what to do <laughs> and we're like what? you ate literally like like oh, you ate a box of dry cereal. Thirteen thousand five hundred calories of Choco Spheres of just sugar, yeah. <laughs> of spiky sharp sugar. Yeah. <laughs> and we looked around. And we're like, speaking of things that went, did that you, went stale. Did you get something to drink? And he goes, No, you guys didn't give me anything before you left. <laughs> so he had like been powering through. Like, couldn't well, get up, couldn't, can't get something to drink, so I better have another glass of water full of this broken glass in a bag that tastes like chocolate. Just, yeah, <laughs> zombified. It's completely zombified. So we were like, dude, so I like brought a him a glass. Slave of, to the Choco Puff. Brought him a glass of water. And he just takes a sip and he goes, ow. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I can't deal with this. Like, we're all going to pass out. Like, we'll talk about the morning. So I wake up the next morning and he's like, so I'm on one couch. He's on the other. Mm -hmm. I wake up the next morning and he's just sitting on the couch staring at me like, like, like a dog when he's like, Hey, are you up? Are you up? Can we go out? Uh, yeah. And I look over and I'm like, Hey, he goes, I literally am having trouble talking right now because the roof of my mouth hurts so bad. So can we just go home? Oh <laughs> so on the way home, we had to stop so he could get chloroseptic numbing spray for the roof of his mouth. Dang, so because he really he fucked ruined his... his shit so bad. Eating, I mean, I that's think, how you know it was fistfuls because he was like, he was smashing them with his the roof of his mouth. Like, he, yeah, literally, <laughs> yeah. There were there was no teeth involved. Yes, more of it was the roof of his mouth. Yeah, there's his too tongue. many in there, and he's just using the entire force of the roof of his mouth and his. Everything in there to smash him. He tried telling me, <laughs> like, a couple hours later, he tried calling me and telling me that he had food poisoning. And I'm like, no. The human body is not supposed to process an entire, like, if you've ever seen one of those bags, that, that, that might be three boxes of cereal in that. And he ate half. Like, yeah. you ate a box and a half of cereal with nothing else. It preservative poisoning. And no water. <laughs> yeah. But I sugar like, all sugar and preservatives. Oh, for literally for the rest, I mean the rest of college and probably into my early twenties. Anytime I saw a picture of, oh fuck, I should have looked this up before I said this. Are stalactites the ones that come from the top, or are those stalagmites okay. in a cave? Okay, like the spikes, I, I whatever, always, yeah. Which, whatever the ones are that comes from the top. Anytime there was yeah. a picture of that in a book. If you're listening to this, you don't know either. Yeah, you don't know either. Yeah, don't, don't lie. <laughs> Who, wh whatever the ones that come from the top are, I would always take a picture of it and I would send it to him. I was like, is this what your mouth looked like? Because <laughs> yeah. of all the fucking shit. You know? <laughs> but like, <laughs> Matt was like, dude, your friend can't come over anywhere anymore now until he like helps pay for the cereal budget because he ate all Bro, of our cereal. He owes us a dollar and nine cents. Exactly. <laughs> but he didn't put in on that dollar and nine cents. Ooh. That's the problem. The weed is free. The Chaco Spheres are extra. Right? Come on, man. The Chaco Spheres. That's Somebody like people, hit a ball them up. That's like people who will give you, give you as many beers as you want, but if you ask them for a cigarette, they're like, are you fucking serious? Dude. Yeah. $10 for when, one. When you're a teenager, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I'd always see, I'd see friends fighting over cigarettes, but they'd be like, you want a bump of this captain? Like, <laughs> you won't let the guy have a cigarette, but you want him to drink your alcohol? <laughs> there are rules, man. Hey. I don't make the rules. Mm -mm. I don't make <laughs> they were given to us on high. 
All right, cheers. Yeah, man. Boop. God, this fucking shot. This bar shot. This bar bar shill. Bar hill is so good. This was that damn load. That's such a nice thing. Quam texted me when he was. Quam texted me when he was heading over and said, <laughs> Fuck what, are you? what are you feeling like? I said, Dil Aquavit. Just kind of came to me. Dil Aquavit. Four and liquor stores he went later. To four liquor stores <laughs> trying to find Dil Aquavit. He was running late to the fights. I didn't know it was going to be such an ambition. Actually, I would have probably stopped him in his tracks if not for the fact that he only notified me of this when he was on the fourth store where he found it. And also, I was already preparing. The rest of the, well, like I, ma- I was making the simple syrup and, and, and juicing lemon. In uh, my ju- own defense, limes. Yeah. I, I didn't ask you right away. I walked <laughs> into the liquor store and I had no oh, idea yeah. who was going to be at your house. And I didn't know where you were. And I was like, I'm having option paralysis because I couldn't figure out like what to just bring because I didn't know if anybody else had brought anything. Yeah. I didn't know who had what was going on. And then you just threw that out. Not like, oh, maybe this. Just like, this is what I want. I'm like, all right. (laughs) And I have. You did say, is there anything you're feeling right now? I have two liquor stores that I normally go to. And I always have a bottle. Unfortunately, my wife and I had cashed the bottle that we have at our house. So I was like, well, both of those are very far out of my way. In all reality, I would have been there half an hour earlier if I had just driven one that I thought would have it. But. Yeah, it is what it is. That said, uh, Kamala Ode makes great, great Akavit. They do. As somebody who has talked about Akavit on, I don't know, two-thirds of these episodes, mm. if I had to pick one brand to go with, because they have multiple versions of it, I would say Gamla Ode is where I end up. Because yeah, they make some really beautiful like holiday. Yeah, they do the Aquavis. celebration. Yeah. They do the straight caraway one. They yes. do the regular one. Like I love having different expressions of it. And like a Tattersall makes an incredible straight up Akavit. It is phenomenal. Mm. But that's the one that they make. That's it. Uh, Ida Graves, who if you have the opportunity to get it wherever you live, Ida Graves, everything that they make is incredible. Right. I love their, it's a very caraway a of forward. Ingredients yeah. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I love the notes in that. So good. But that's the one that they make, and that's it. If you heard our episode uh, when we were talking about agaves and um, Quam and I sampling um, some mezcals at Meteor, the the actual event that we were at was uh, Gamla. They were doing a Gamla Ode thing where they made a bunch of cocktails with Gamla Ode Aquavits, and the the proprietor was there. I, I don't, I can't think of his name. I don't know him well. I actually met him that day, but they had to sample through some of those, like the celebration mm-hmm. and it's excellent incredible. stuff. They like tremendous. That's the closest that I can find to my heart in Scandinavia because it actually explores like the whole the the wide run that can be Akavit, much like now we're starting to get gins that are expressing mm. like the whole run right of of gin where it's not just that London dry juniper forward that's the only thing that people think of so like that celebration is that a traditional thing mm-hmm. doing sort of that so the cel- it's, it's darker right mm-hmm. I seem to remember is a caramel mm-hmm. and hue mm-hmm. and it had a lot of um Various botanicals in it that you don't ordinarily find in an so Aquavit, at what, least not here. What the celebration Aquavit is ostensibly, 
like moonshine in Scandinavia, at least in Norway, is called karsk. And so mm, that's where it starts. Right. That's And then you pour that in hot coffee, and then you drink that so that you don't get the burn of the alcohol. That's like Everclear. And then we work our way down. And as you distill things down, where gin breaks off into the juniper, botanicals, mm. the peppercorns, the you know, kaffir lime, if you want to go that route, like all of those lovely flavors, where it goes in Scandinavia with Akavit is what's left from the harvest. Like what can you dry out that will still flavor something? So, so it's like a late season mm-hmm. and then it's consumed as like a holiday celebratory beverage. And, yep. And then that then mirrors a lot of the flavors that are in the desserts. So cool. this cardamom, nutmeg, caraway, yeah. all Weird, like woody characteristic in it. Is it maybe, is it barrel aged perhaps? That, okay, well, what's it? Am I right in saying that it was hued? Like yeah, those? it's like a golden color, and that's just okay. because all um, of everything, all of this, all of the spices that go into it are all brown. Okay. okay, everything's brown because when you're making a celebration akavit at that point in the season, there's nothing left that's green. Sure. So everything yeah. is dried brown because they have similar weather cycles that we do here. Mm-hmm. So after September October, it's probably going to get really dry and barren. There's not going to be a lot of precipitation, and if it does precipitate, it will be frozen. So you have to go with flavoring agents that can survive that. So that's where you go with it. And then that mirrors a lot of the desserts are also very cardamom, nutmeg-forward desserts. So they mirror the two. And so even the people, like, part of the reason that Prohibition started in Minnesota with Volstad was because... Everyone coming from Scandinavia, Prohibition was also active in Scandinavia at that time. So they had moved here, and it was very verboten to drink alcohol. But the one exception would be for the celebration, for the holidays. You would all have a sip of this drink. It's funny that Boardwalk Empire is on in the background down here in the speakeasy at Plum <laughs> because of these themes. Prohibition, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, I, as much as, I mean, there's a lot of other things that got tied into it, but the reason that it really gained popularity in the Midwest was because most of the immigrants that came here had come from cultures that also wouldn't allow drinking. Sure. And that's why a lot of the most constrictive and awful liquor laws are in the Midwest. Because it was Scandinavian immigrants who came here fervently religious and yeah, had been, here. they had grown up for two decades with that being a thing. And then they came here and then there was a movement right. to, for temperance and teetotaling. Yep. And they're like, Oh yeah, we've, we've already lived like this forever. Right. But then secretly everybody kind of had a little, yeah. little special occasion, nip, nip, mm-hmm. grandpa's cough medicine. Yeah. It's well, it's, it's celebratory. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's isn't different. it all? I mean, it should We only be. drink when we're celebrating. Hashtag celebrate everything. We only drink when we're celebrating. And well, we celebrate everything, bitches. <laughs> All right. Quam, name your favorite meal or snack in memory when you were high. Oh, man. I have wrestled with this since you sent it to me. Mm. And boy, I still have a tough time with it. I, uh, I, oh, man. <laughs> I think, I really, really, really think I have made some incredible things whilst high. I have made some dishes that I am very proud of 
lost high. That's good. And I thought, oh man, this is this is incredible. And <laughs> literally good. driving here today, I was trying to decide which one of those dishes I wanted to talk about. And I think if I want to be hundred percent honest with this question, it's there. There's a, a pizza joint in uh, Bryn Mawr, which is a neighborhood in Minneapolis, right mm-hmm. off of 394 and Penn. That was my pizza joint when I lived over there. Mm-hmm. Bryn Mawr sausage and pepperoni pizza, whilst high, at the first house that I bought, was truly, truly transcendent. My wife had gone up north. It was the first time that I had slept a night by myself in that house Mm -hmm. and I ordered a pizza and I had built like I put my TV into the wall for the first time so I had like which style was the pizza because they they at least used to make a couple different styles it was the hand tossed crust okay so it was like it was imagine a New York slice that was cut a little bit too thin so you could still bend it in the middle but it yeah because it kind of did what they kind of Referred to as almost like a New York style. Yeah, it, like bit. it looks, if you just look at the pie as its own, it looks like a New York pie, but then they put like 27 slices into it, mm-hmm. which I don't know why, but like whatever. It actually really worked out well for me that night. But it was the first time that I had ever had like a wall-mounted TV that I put in myself. So I had it up. Like it was like probably the middle of the TV was about five feet high. Mm-hmm. And I had my legitimate three-foot JVC speakers. I had my receiver, and I put on a live concert, and the pizza showed up. I held it on pause until the pizza got there, and I was stoned out of my gourd, and I smashed an entire pizza while listening to a concert. Uh, I think I've talked about it once before on here. Peter Gabriel's Secret World Live uh, is my favorite yeah. live album of all time. Sure. And they made a movie of it, which it just involves them walking out and then walking off at the end. It's just a concert. But it's my favorite live music album of all time. And I finally got to listen to it at a volume as if I had been at the concert. And I just sat there and got higher and higher and smashed pizza. And I got to this point where, like, I can't eat pizza anymore. Hey, did you burn the roof of your mouth? I did not. (laughs) Thankfully, or sadly, it took long enough for the delivery guy to get there that it was perfectly edible as soon as it arrived. Yeah, yeah, it's a little callback, you know. Yeah, and also, I I wasn't, I mean, how did the hipster (laughs) burn his mouth? He ate the pizza before it was cool. Uh, I I smashed that pizza, (laughs) and then the best part was, I, so I, I'm sitting on my couch facing it. So my couch is perpendicular to the TV. And then as we're getting into the, like the last run of like the finale to that concert is one of the best ever. Mm. And as we're getting to the finale, I just slowly shifted horizontal. So now I'm parallel with the TV. My head's already on a pillow. This is before I had a dog. So I knew I could just leave the pizza out and nothing's going to happen to it. I already had a water... And I had a second beer just sitting there waiting for me. And I was like, I might fall asleep, but when I wake up, I'm just going to smash the rest of this. <laughs> and I did. And that was it. That, that was true 
bliss of living in a house that I own, watching a TV I mounted myself with my, at the time, dream stereo system that I could afford, Mm -hmm. watching my all-time favorite live show with, at the time, my favorite pizza, and then knowing that I could just very quietly fall asleep, and when I woke up, all of this would still be here, and I might maybe put it on again. Who knows? That was a, it was a, a beautiful high moment. That's delightful. <laughs> what about you? <clears throat> mine's, mine's a little, well, this is fun because it's very random and it very much is evocative of a teenager smoking too much weed. I, I had a house party at my parents' house in Minneapolis when they were overseas in Lebanon. Uh, the whole family was gone. I would always have giant house party if they were gone. What you used to do, it's what you did. And um, it was one of the rare occasions that I had my own weed hidden away. And we were drinking and smoking all night. And it was one of those days, and I still do it to this day, almost 41 years old. I'm, I want to, like, party all. I want to be, like, up all. I, I don't want people to leave. Mm-hmm. If I'm having a really good time, I'll stay until the last person stays at a party. Like, I, I'll go till the bell rings. And at the end of the evening, I remember uh, there were probably, like, only five of us at that point, between four and six people. And we were all good and drunk, and we'd had some weed in us. But uh, my buddy Aaron remarked, "I'm out. I'm out of weed. Does anyone? Does anyone have any weed?" And I said, no, "Hold it." Actually, and everyone in the room was like, "Oh," because I never had weed of my own. I, had, I always had booze for people, right? But I wasn't the guy who'd be like, "I have some weed for you." I'd be like, I, "You want a shot of Jack? You want a you want a beer?" That was me. But I said, "Actually." So I bolted upstairs and I got this little bag of swag that was like old but still had potency. Rolled us a joint, smoked a joint. Definitely put me over the edge, probably put the rest of us over the edge. I don't get hungry when I drink or smoke, uh, but I probably hadn't eaten all night. I don't remember the exact circumstances. But I was like, okay, I bought a bunch of foods that I liked and wanted to have. And I got the most random combination of foods to the point that you would not. I I grabbed two things. And you would never guess these two things if you had a thousand guesses. You would never guess the two things that I grabbed. It's kind of funny that that you told that prior story. So I grabbed a bag of jumbo tiger shrimp. Yes. And... A box of Moss's Magic Crunch. <laughs> so they did a they did a special edition one time cereal with Randy Moss called Moss. Yeah, Magic oh, Crunch. I remember very much. Uh, actually, my father in law gifted me his unopened box the day that I asked him for his daughter's hand in marriage when he came over to watch a Vikes game with me. Coincidentally, he just said he wanted me to have it, and I actually. When I want good luck for the Vikes, even though I'm not superstitious, I just do it for shits and giggles. I put the Moss's Magic Crunch on the mantle. Am I am I wrong in thinking it was like a Captain Crunch clone? It very much was like that. The marshmallow cereal, yeah, because like a, um, the little white things, and then the because I was a I bunch was th- of multicolored 
marshmallows. I don't remember. I think there must have been like purple and gold marshmallows. Sure. I should know this. So it's like that mixed with like Lucky Chimes. I just love that Kirk Cousins cereal was just Frosted Flakes. <laughs> like, Why wouldn't it be? Right? Why wouldn't it be? Flake ass. Should have been Wheaties. Right? But, Sorry, anyway. So I grabbed this box, Moss's Magic Crunch, and a big bag, like, you know, the pre-cooked giant tiger prawns, like big Ooh. motherfuckers, ripped both open, the bag, both open. I sat on the fucking floor in my parents' living room. All the lights are off. And there was just some light coming from the kitchen. And we <laughs> rolled another joint. I just sat on the floor with a bag on each side. And I was just chomping these giant shrimp. And then, you know, a couple minutes later, handful of Moss's Magic Crunch. And it was just fucking glorious. It's, it was a terrible, it's not like a pairing no, by any means. But it's beautiful. It was like salty snack and dessert alternating over and over, forgetting that you'd had the salty snack in the no, dessert. I get it. And then, you know, each of us was like eating a shrimp, having some Moss's Magic Crunch, just passing around these two bags. It works. Around the room, smoking a joint. And we were up until the sun came up. Just Everything about chilling. that works to me. I, I'm 100%. Was, I also want to do beautiful. like a Captain Crunch coated shrimp and actually frat because I bet that would be <laughs> fucking phenomenal. Yeah, we, uh, there was, it was just a, it was just one of those. My ash disappeared. I'm sure. I think <laughs> hopefully it fell in the ashtray. I'm I think it did. Yeah, smoking cigars, believe good. it or not. But it was just that one of those scenarios where it's just uh, uh, a perfect confluence of imperfect ingredients. Mm -hmm. Five rant, five or six random people. Like I even referred to Aaron as my buddy. I didn't know him very well. He just came to my parties, and I'd go to his parties, and we'd see each other at parties. Uh, if I saw him today, I would say hello. But like. Hey, Aaron, how are you? You know, like at a Target or something. Yeah. But he was, for some reason, there at the end of the night. And I couldn't even tell you the other four or five people that were there, maybe my girlfriend at the time and then some other people. But we just had a great evening, this huge party with a keg and loud music and like 40 of my closest and not closest friends. Mm -hmm. And that was the end of the evening. And we were just chomping on this random combination of foods Cracking jokes, rolling joints over and over, smoking them until the sun came up. You just, all right, you just reminded me of a, a different story. I'll be very quick about it, but okay. I, I feel like I have to trump this. So um, I worked at uh, my first bartending job out of college was a place that I think was ahead of its time. It was a nationwide chain called Hops Food and Brewery. Mm. They brewed their own beer and then... They made definitely ahead of their time Jamaican and Caribbean influenced cuisine, but we're going to put that in heavy quotes. Like, sure. I think it was like they used coconut and pineapple keyword influence with a little bit of like soy sauce is like the best way that I could say. Okay, it. Sure. Uh, that said, there are still some recipes from that restaurant that I still make to this day. Oh, okay. They have a steak preparation that takes three days and it's 100% worth it. It's fantastic. But uh, our staff was really, really close. And one night, all of us that closed had a terrible night. Like, everybody was shitty. It was like a full moon night where, and I'm not like a huge moon believer, but full moon nights are always weird in the service industry. So. Well, I believe in the moon. Okay. Well, no, I mean, I know that it exists. <laughs> I don't do like horoscopes and like, uh, where are the planets? You don't leave a glass of water outside? Yeah, but yeah. For, <laughs> in case the moon gets thirsty? Yeah. What's that one? <laughs> yes. 
No, I got you, Moon. Sorry, the person, the the one person who's mad at what we just said. I'm so sorry. anyway, uh, a couple of us were like, "All right, you know what? Fuck it. We don't have to work tomorrow. Like, let's let's get after it." And so my friend Andy was like, "Wait, what time was it that you realized that fuck it, we're not working tomorrow?" Oh no, this is like at close as we're cutting tips. Oh yeah, so we okay. closed at one a.m. back mm-hmm. in the day. It was one a.m. was part time in Minnesota in the early two thousands. Because that was always a fun dynamic of partying was when. You could look at the few people left and be like, what do you got going on tomorrow? What do you got going on? And everyone's like, nothing, nothing. And we're like, fuck it. Turn the music back up. Let's go. So Andy was that guy. And uh, he was helping his father basically like rehab this entire house. So basically his exchange was, I'm going to build like my perfect Bedroom, den, like basically a second house without having two separate entrances. So he's like, I have literally like five bottles of whiskey at the bar. And we we're like, all right, word. Uh, I have some weed. So let's roll to the store. Let's get some food and we can dip. So as we're driving there, Andy's like, well, I mean, if you got weed, I got papers. Do you want to roll a joint? Cool. So I roll a joint. Again, super misshapen. I think that one actually had like a fucking dog leg left in it. Everybody laughed at how bad it was. And I'm like, do you guys want to smoke or not? So we smoke. <laughs> yeah. Finish the whole joint. So we go into Cub and it was basically like, let's not even try and pretend like we're going to buy shit together. Like everybody go buy whatever the fuck you want. And then we'll meet back up at the checkout. So my friend Maya and I meet at the checkout. Andy is nowhere to be found. And I'm like, well, let's just buy our shit. And maybe he went back to the truck. Like, we have more than enough food for all of us, so we're good. So as we're walking up, Maya's like, oh, I see him. And he was, like, walking between the aisles. So we told the poor checkout person who was looking at these fucking idiots in their early 20s stoned out of their gourds, like, hey, we're just waiting for a third person. He's our driver. So uh, we're just waiting for him. And then as soon as he gets here, we can all walk out. And the guy's like, all right, cool. So we're just hanging and we're waiting and Maya goes, you know what? I'm hungry and looks at the poor cashier and was like, do you mind if I open this bag of Doritos so I can have some while we're waiting for him? And the guy's like, I don't care. I just want you guys to be gone. Like, please just go away. Like, that's what his look was. He's like, fine. So she pulls the whole bag out and then does like the strong woman from both sides and literally explodes the entire bag of Doritos. Like the whole thing is torn from the top seam to the bottom seam. Every fucking chip goes everywhere. <laughs> As she does that, Andy, our driver, walks up. You've told the story. Yeah, and he's holding the <laughs> Aurora. Yeah. And as okay. she's eating the chips, he says, this is Aurora. She's the color of hugs. Boop. Scans it. Pays for it. We apologize, <laughs> and then we left. What I didn't tell you was that I made Andy hit Taco Bell on the way home because I had an idea, and we got the little six-pack of tacos, and I made a Totino's party pizza with cheese, clicked it in half, not bent it, clicked it because the whole crust, <laughs> yeah. and I put two tacos in the middle, oh. and that was my dinner for the evening. And that, that actually, delightful. thinking back on it, was one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. That sounds delightful. And horrible. 
Like, I, I can't yeah. even imagine, like... The scenario what, sounds delightful. I could not eat that right now. But. Thinking about what that did to my insides, <laughs> like, I, I don't remember anything bad happening, but that's because I was, like, 22 and invincible. Like, sure. thinking about what that meal would do now, <laughs> like, I literally would have to call in on the toilet the next day, because, like, yeah. that's... I No, I literally, like, can't get off. Yeah. Like, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that was... Uh, the the denouement of Aurora, the color of hugs, was clicking a cheese Totino's pizza in half and putting two Taco Bell tacos, which now I kind of want to try with the Dorito Tacos Locos. <laughs> I probably should. I'm gonna I'm gonna match your story with another fun story about the grocery store, which I don't think I told on the podcast, but I once went to a grocery store uh, with Brandon, who's frequently referenced on this program because he's one of my best friends. Uh, We'd been drinking, and we were high on the marijuana, and I was going to make a smorgasbord. You were taking the pot? The pot, I was taking it. And I used to make smorgasbords. We would make giant meals. We've talked Mm -hmm. about this on other pods. So he and I went to the store, and we got, like, a crazy assortment of food so that I could make a giant meal. This isn't really about the food, but that's why we were at the grocery store. He got a Beanie Baby. I don't know why. He got a Beanie Baby (laughs) with a Swedish flag for for a nose. The nose was a Swedish flag. like the nose was painted as a sweet flag, or there was a flag like sticking out of the nose. It was it was like a it, the nose itself was a Swedish flag, but it sure. was almost like it somehow like it sealed over. You know, it looked like a jewel. Sure. <laughs> so I don't know why he grabbed it, but he threw it in the cart, and we bought so much food that I didn't think about it, and they rang it through, and I forgot that it was in the cart, and I bought the goddamn thing. So we get back, and I'm in the middle of cooking this crazy feast. I had like sausages from Kmarchek's where I worked at the time and waffles and steak. And like, I made, I had so many, I had every burner going and the oven was on and Hold on, did you say waffles and steak? Yeah. All right, perfect. And sausage. Yeah. Like all, <laughs> no, I got all that. <clears throat> there was, it was just this crazy combination of, foods. I was trying to figure out which thing the sausage was intended for, or if it was just supposed to be right in the middle of both. It was not, Love there it. was no rhyme or reason. Doesn't matter. I would just make, I would make smorgasbords. I'd yep. make like fried chicken and ramen. Like it didn't matter. I would make just tons of food. I would go to that restaurant. Yeah. Hi, probably. <laughs> but I'm cooking my my mind out and I'm like barely upright at this point. And the bags are sitting on the kitchen table behind me with everything in them. And... Uh, as I'm <laughs> frenzied in cooking, I hear Brandon yell one word at the top of his lungs. He yells, Swedish! <laughs> and I turn around, and he's looking the bear in the eyes above the trash can, and then plunges his arm into the trash can, shoving it down through all the trash as far as he can, pulls his arm back out, and storms away into the fucking living room. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? And, and to this day, we remar- we like, we'll yell Swedish at each other. Because like he forgot. <laughs> to, all of our Norwegian, to all of our Norwegian listeners, this is Charles's most perfect content, and I love you for it. <laughs> I didn't turn my head away, and it was probably still too loud. 
but he screamed at the top of his lungs, sweet ash, and then shoved his entire arm into the trash can, holding the bear like a moving fucking dragon ball. Shoves it all the way down to the bottom of the garbage and then extracts his arm and storms away angrily like he had just defeated the no, no, no. final boss. I, I, I meant what I said as oh, I have friends man. that identify with that. Yeah. Like, Denmark took over Norway in the 1500s and then lost Norway in the Napoleon Wars and were forced to give Norway to Sweden. Maybe Brandon had a flashback from another life. There you go. Oh. Sweden... Had to rule Norway from the mid 1800s until the early 1900s, and then literally just gave it back to them because they're like, "You guys are too poor. We don't want this." It's this genetically, it's the same human beings, period. <laughs> yeah. But because humans are humans, there is an incredible amount of animosity between the two because Sweden used to own Norway, <laughs> yeah. and then they got rid of it, and then like. A couple of decades later, they're like, cool, we just struck fucking gold in the North Sea. How you guys doing? They're like, oh, no, we have a cell phone company. And then Ericsson is no more. But that, dude, <laughs> I have so many friends that actually would do that and be like, Swedish! And just jam it into <laughs> yeah. the fucking garbage. <laughs> uh, well, fuck. Oh, I love that he bought a fucking Beanie Baby just to do... Or you, I'm it, sorry. I love that you bought a Beanie we, we Baby bought, I don't remember. We bought it. I think fun. I bought it, but it doesn't. we forgot that we had it. That's amazing. And then he was like traumatized seeing it. Oh, that's fucking great. <laughs> also, can we just acknowledge the fact that the, you have to be high to try and consider the fact that Beanie Babies are a thing. Like that's... I, I seriously... How how did weird ass grownups make uncuddly stuffed animals a thing that need to be collected? Like that's the dumbest shit ever. Not a thing. It was the thing. It was the thing. And I will say, like, I had a pretty massive crush on a woman in high school whose mom literally quit her job to like invest in beanie babies. So yeah. Eek. She's a beanie baby broker. <laughs> I don't, I'm sure there's some horrible title. Like, I, ugh, I don't even want to think about it. I'm on to Fernet, but I'm going to treat it like a bonus shot because we just took a last shot. But yeah, uh, well, so I, uh, I made my riff on that. Oh, so right. I did Fernet, Bombay, and the, uh, the bitter aperitivo, and this is fucking incredible. Mm. So, cheers to that. Cheers. All right, so to wrap it up, question six. Final shot. It's the final shot now. Wait. We'll fix it in post. Uh, <laughs> do you think, like, Everybody's coming out with THC seltzers and all these gummies and whatnot. Mm. Do you think, obviously we hope that maybe farther legalization happens as it sits right now. Is this a fad? Uh, or do you think in like 50 years we're going to look back and just laugh at what we were arguing about right now? I think that it's really sexy right now because it's so new to people, especially in the public eye. I honestly think that in 50 years... Uh, the consumption of THC and 
all of the products that uh, can be made with it, it's actually going to be terribly innocuous and unsexy. It's just going to be a part of daily life. Uh, it doesn't mean that there won't be applications that are interesting, fun, unique, new, unusual, not unlike our present consumption of alcohol. I just think that we're going to accept it as a, just a part of daily life. I, I think that's going to happen in the near future and that the the gestation of that will continue over those next whatever whatever 45 years from, from that point forward. Yeah. Um, something I guess that's maybe interesting to consider is that alcohol consumption among Gen Z is down considerably and even... Uh, preceding generations consumption of alcohol is on the uh, decrease as well partly that's uh, people not necessarily drinking to knock themselves out quite Excess, as much yeah. there's more of like a social element to consumption of alcohol that i think you know i think there's some adjacency to seeing that with thc as well but i could see that in 50 years that uh THC would be a higher grosser than alcohol in 50 years. I can see that. And I could see both being perhaps more niche than they are now, but a part of daily life. Mm -hmm. Something that some people enjoy, some people do not, and that we accept it. And I actually greatly appreciate that. The idea that social pressure to enjoy any controlled substance um, will lessen as time goes on. Because we're already seeing that. You know, we had, like, Quam, when you and I were in our teens and 20s and, you know, even through probably a portion of our 30s, there was that dynamic. And this isn't the same for everybody, but I think I can speak for both of us when I say that when we were younger, there was that element where are you coming to party or are you not coming? Absolutely, 100%. And today that is not the case. If someone is in my home or at a birthday party of mine, and there's alcohol being consumed or, you know, whatever. If some people are consuming THC or anything like that, I do not at all survey the environment. I don't care. I don't care if people are consuming beverages. I don't care if they're, you know, I don't care if they're consuming the food. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't elicit even a second thought. And I, I think that that's super healthy, not, I'm not saying for my own practices, even though I think that's important for me as well, but it's important that we don't, we don't care. It's fine. Do you want to drink? Drink. You don't want to drink? I don't give a Mm-mm. fuck. But when I was in my teens and twenties, if someone wasn't drinking, they'd Why get a third here? degree from every person around them. Yep. What are you doing? Grab a beer. What are you doing here? Are you sober cabbing? Do you have somewhere to be? Why aren't you drinking? Are you sick? Like that, I don't, I don't miss that. And I feel like the further along we get, the more it's, there is no one size fits all. And adding THC to the mix where it's not illicit, it's not illegal, giving people the option. Would you like to have a gummy? Would you like to smoke a joint? Would you like to have a shot? Would you like to drink a beer? Would you like a glass of wine? Would you like a cocktail? Would you not like any of the Giving people all of the options... Or write a first refusal. I fucking love it. And I think that because of that, 
this notion that's growing and I think is going to just continue growing. We're going to make the enjoyment of each of these things just background noise. It's not really that important. It's not a big deal. It's not sexy. It's definitely not a trend. It's been around forever and it'll be around forever too. Unless, you know, the fucking climate destroys the <laughs> production of Which might happen. marijuana or something. But I think that it'll just become background noise. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll just become yeah. a part of our lives and, you know, you can, you can take it or you can leave it. And all of that is a perfectly viable option. And uh, I look forward to that. I, I look forward to a time when we don't have to think about this, whether you can have it. You know, I look forward to the day when it's there for you. If you would like to enjoy it, it's legal to do so. If you don't want it, don't fucking have it. I think that's kind of where I end up on the whole thing too, is like, I just hope, I hope that 50 years from now, we look back on this the same way that we do it on like prohibition. Like, wow, that did not fucking work. It did nothing but increase pain yeah. and, and yeah. turmoil. So we're going to do this. We're going to look back on the war on that's drugs. It, right. Right. Like the war on drugs, abject failure. So if we're looking at it now going forward, I still, as somebody who has watched somebody literally kill himself with cocaine and as somebody who has watched three people kill themselves with heroin and as somebody who has been to dozens of funerals for opioids, I hope we understand that if we want to decide what the level of schedule, like currently marijuana is a schedule one drug, the same as heroin, if we want to use the schedule correctly, it should be how addictive is something and that's it because, or, or how addictive and how fatal could something be? How dangerous. Yeah. And to me, things that we could make the argument for psychological addictions. There are things around that, mm-hmm. but as far as like what could possibly kill somebody, I hope 50 years from now we look back on that and we reprioritized what can keep people alive and what, Kills people. Right. Because. And hey, let's call a spade a spade. This shows libations for everyone, but yep. alcohol is more dangerous and more addictive than marijuana. Hands down. You know, let's, Hands down. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. We're I, not saying, that doesn't mean we're saying that one should be illegal and the other one ooh, should not. That's not what we're saying. No. But I think that understanding responsible consuming of alcohol should, if, if we can consume alcohol, which is 100% of poison, if we can understand that, then we absolutely should understand responsible consumption of these other things. Mm-hmm. Once we get into to things where you can 100% overdose on a single round, that to me is a little bit different. And that's where like the opioids and everything from the poppy, I, I, I have to like push aside. I don't go all the way. It's another, and do, it's another like, conversation. It's another yeah, conversation. We could, we could really dig into that. But like... I don't totally agree, but we would have to, yeah. we would have a much, we would be on air for another hour. Fact. It is interesting to contemplate, absolutely. And yes, I, I guess I'll leave it at that. Like, I hope in 50 years we look back and we realize, wow, that was a disgustingly dark 60-year period. But then we started figuring it out and we started using all of that. And the less reliance that we have on pharmaceuticals 
I think will end up being better for humanity. But again, it's all anecdotal for me. Like this has only been my experience and what I've been able to learn. And so all certain I can, types of pharmaceuticals, of course. Hmm? Right. Yeah. Like again, penicillin, amoxicillin, like anything in that family. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like we, we, we need that. Uh, I am fortunate enough to live in a family with an aunt who is, uh, she's an RN in the U.S. and has written a number of books. She travels to uh, Tibet and brings Western medicine for things like infections. And then she tries to take in Eastern medicine to try and figure out how we can balance the two. It's fascinating uh, hearing some of the things that she comes back with. And I think that while I don't believe, I, I can't go all the way in on everything that she's coming back with, I can say that I think that the closer that we can get to more natural things, regardless of what they are, probably the better we're going to be. Especially if it can be an alternative, mm -hmm. you know, or a, a displacement. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if we're talking about relief of pain and, and things of, of, of that nature in, in specificity. Correct. Well, and for me, like, again, only talking anecdotally, so only for me, as somebody who has been diagnosed twice with uh, pretty severe ADHD, uh, my experience with Ritalin versus my experience with THC, it was life-changing. Like, THC is what actually worked for me. But I'm only saying that as what worked for me. Right. So whatever works for you, just keep an open mind and try things because that's the only way you're going to figure out what works for you. And we're all different. We're all, like, let's say it, we're all special. Everybody has a different case, but I want people to understand that you if are they- are a fucking unique snowflake. <laughs> right? Hot damn right. Sorry, Tyler Durden. <laughs> Boo. Let's go make some soap. Anyway- <laughs> what, I will, what I will say is that at the end of the day, while it is a personal choice for, like, what works for you, I think that we don't always understand how many options we have. And I think... And we're, we're, we're being uh, given access to yeah. more options. Mm -hmm. And more conversations and more of all of that. More research. Mm -hmm. So more of fucking that shit. Mm. Well, Charles, cheers to our first sponsored episode. My man. What a fucking great time. Again, all fun the to love. Talk about. Fun to talk about. We avoided it for a long time. You know, yeah. it's not out of like legal precedent. It's just something we felt like. I feel like we... We didn't wait because it was wrong to do, but I'm glad we did because mm -hmm. I think now maybe we'll introduce these topics into the the discussion Absolutely. with guests where we know that this is something that they would be comfortable discussing. Yep. Not comfort, but something that they would be qualified to discuss. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, hey, name the first time you got high, and they'd be like, uh, I never have. Now you answer. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck. Because, of course, we have to do that. We have to vet. It's, it's true. And, like, I mean, the amount of times that I've said allegedly on this podcast, just to make sure that mm -hmm. it, it's tough. Like, 
when you live somewhere that says something that should be normal isn't normal, like that's hard. Also, just going to go off that. Whatever you want to assign to that, please fucking vote. Please go out and vote. Please vote, 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 vote. Please vote. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> vote. So, but at the end of the day, like it's, we're all just trying to have a conversation about what makes us happy, what makes us tick, what makes us who we are. And while I've had plenty of sad moments and plenty of angry moments, the things that I think that define me are the things that have brought me the most joy and the most happiness. And I love the fact that we celebrate this, that on this show. And I love that we hashtag celebrate everything and going forward. It just gives us another Avenue to talk about with our friends, with our, our guests, with the people that we meet as strangers who become our friends. Like it's awesome. Yes. Thanks for riding along with us. Thanks for as ever making it this far. Um, we love you all, except for one of you. <laughs> but you know what you did. Uh, and just Your time is coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just to bring it back around one more time, uh, if you're interested in finding out more about our sponsor tonight, uh, go to Balanced Naturals. It's it's balanced without the the vowel. So b l n c d naturals dot com. And then just throw in the code libations20. Vowels and naturals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you do balancednaturals.com and hit that libations20, you get 20% off your order. Use that promo code. Don't forget. Hit it. Don't forget. I always search. You know, I don't like to use coupons, but I do that shit on the internet. I, I always, you know, I'm about to ring out and I'm like, hold on a second. Let me see if I can get 15, 10% off. 20 is rare. 20 is 20 rare. is legit. And you shouldn't get 20. We're giving you 20. Mm -hmm. And honestly, on top of it, if you have any questions, because I know that there are some people out there that are going to listen and maybe they're novices and they're just trying to figure out what's going on, please uh, just message me at the underscore communist on Instagram, or even if you want to hit Ben at libationsforeveryone.com, just message me and I can talk you through some of the stuff. I would be honored to do that. And if you ask a question that's out of my depth, I promise you I will have one of the owners of the company help me out with it. Let me, I, let I me, truly believe in this product. Fuck yeah. Let me loop one thing at, on the end here. Uh, we, we didn't know if we were going to talk about this, but we do want to have some guests return. We've yep. done it before, and we've done it in limited fashion. But we've had a lot of great guests. If you have a guest that you fucking loved and you want to hear more from, let us know. Please do. DM us personally or on our official accounts or email us at Ben at Libations for Everyone or Charles at Libations for Everyone. Let us know the guests and let us know what you want to know about them. It, you don't have to do both, but you can just tell us the guests. We've, and, like, what do you want to know about, you know, for instance, uh, fucking name someone. Diane or Eric Jane. or fucking, yeah. like. Yeah. You have a particular, th you want, do you want to have Stephanie March back on the show? And what is it that you want to hear us discuss with her that we didn't discuss, uh, like, 16 months ago when she was on the program? That's the thing. And we, we haven't even... The best part about this show is that we get to have fun conversations, but we haven't even scratched the surface of the amount of things we could talk about with some of these people. So let us know. Like, Also, who else do you want to hear back from? Because everyone that's been on the show, we have walked out thinking like, oh my God, I, I, I want to talk to them again. 
Like, we get to enjoy these guests as much as you do, if not more. And I want more from that. So we almost never slap that big red button because we're we've we've done we've we've had enough to yeah to discuss. That's it. We're we're usually slapping the red button because we feel like you might not follow us for much longer. I was slapping that red button because it was like or because it went. Ooh, sprinkles. I heard the sprinkles that time. That's two genie sprinkles. They were not. Okay, they weren't on your ears, so I could fucking hear them that time. <laughs> Those sprinkles. Sprinkle, right. sprinkle. Well, may your life be awash in genie sprinkles. Correct. And uh, may you enjoy all of the THC things that you have wherever you are. And again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we got a great episode coming up next week. Yeah, baby. Let's roll. So until then, we love you so much. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for always listening and being so fucking cool. And uh, I don't know. Charles, anything else you want to throw out there? Swedish! <laughs> oh, God. He just put a beanie baby in the garbage. Huh? <laughs>